We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. That was our newest intro. For the last five years, uh, Brian and I have really tried to have fun with the show in kind of like a fan's fun perspective. And uh, whoever's been with us since the start has seen the many iterations of this program from Brian and I on an iPad in my kitchen to us moving into a studio with uh, a studio in quotes with gym equipment to growing a staff little by little into what we have now to joining the almighty baller podcast network and uh this this is brian this is our five year uh in may it'll be five years and uh, we've taken yet another step another point of growth and it's probably the thing we've been most excited about um since we started getting all these guests so um again i am your host and carla navas this is miami heat beat now on the Five Reasons Podcast Network, started by Ethan Skolnick and Chris Whittingham. And they join us today alongside Heat Twitter President Alf. What up? Producer and co I never know if I was supposed Brian. to say anything. Dude, you're man. so bad. You ruined everything. Today was our big no, day. I, you can't, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. We never said this. Happy birthday. No, he doesn't get a happy birthday. It's Alf's birthday. I don't care. I hate him. He couldn't talk. It Producer and co founder. Brian Goins. It's my birthday, and I've been drinking, so... I'm mad at everyone. Brian Goins. Hi, producer, co-founder. May 23rd is our five-year anniversary, by the way. Thank you, producer and co-founder. Saucy Nuggets insider, Mr. Lefty Leif. Good evening. And our guest... Oh, this is professional screw-up, Alex Toledo, who was late for our biggest show of the year. Thanks. I was on time today. Yeah, you you are 701, jackass. Okay? Yeah, I told you seven on the dot, and then you're like, I'll be ready. And I, I, I was about to cut you off. 
I folded. Okay, you folded. So you guys uh, even adhere to the culture when it comes to being on time? We're bad. Man, I hate that. You guys are not bad this is the this. heat way. Come that on. That voice now. you hear was Chris Whittingham of the Five Reasons Podcast Network. Now the mothership. Chris, welcome back to the program. I appreciate the invite. And uh, Ethan Skolnick himself back on the program after a while. Ethan, good to have you back, sir. Good to be here. I think I was here about a year and a half ago, right? So at some point, yeah, um, it was pre Dwayne during your leaving. process. Yeah, it was pre Dwayne yes. leaving. It was twi- yes, that's right. But now that's he's right. back. You, you were got- a whale. I heard something about him. Whale, being remember? Back too. Uh, yeah, that's right. I was the whale. Uh, Whittingham, you're not going to announce on here who you picked in the series. You're not going to start with that. You want to start we, we, there? We can get. We, we can get to that. I, I thought I, we were announcing we were our partnership. Get... I thought it was. Yeah, all we're going to yeah. have some. We're going to have some good feelings before we get to me <laughs> being the subject of ire. I mean, we're, that's what we did last time. Whitty was on the show. We just attacked him for his Dwayne takes. <laughs> I've got a doozy Dwayne uh, Dwayne Wade oh, take okay. by the way. Okay, I'll, so... I'll, I'll I'll tease that. He's been prepping that on text to me all day. Uh, although I, I will say we just did a podcast where we asked who was the most important player for, in the playoffs for the Heat. We did one with Ira Winderman and uh, Whittingham identified Wade. So that was sort of the big stunner there. So I'm shocked. Uh, Ethan, tell yeah. tell the people about this network you're starting because and as I said earlier, like. This is as excited as we've been for anything that we've done on this show. Like, this partnership is, we're really looking forward to. So, tell the people what this is. Okay. So, this is basically the idea of what we're doing here. Um, you know, there are a lot of national podcast networks. I guess you guys are familiar with that also. Um, but what we wanted to create, Chris and I uh, started by just doing a pod ourselves. Uh, which we actually have 37 episodes right now um, in our library. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher. We started, and Google Play. We started adding guests to that as we've gone along. And as we started to grow, we realized that that there is an opening for something more local, um, something that's more targeted to Miami uh, sports fans. And you know, I've worked at the radio stations and the newspapers down here, so I have a, a pretty uh, good idea of kind of how you try to target uh, people in this market and you know the primary way you target them is with heat and dolphins content that is very specific to their interest and so that's what we've gone about creating uh, we actually have added two podcasts to the network already um, we added uh, three yards per carry which is a dolphins podcast they've done three episodes so far that's with uh, simon clancy he's the british guy uh chris british. kaufman he's known as, as ck parrot and then uh, alfredo artiega he's the guy who argues with everybody on twitter uh uptown report <laughs> so we we've added uh we've added those three guys uh with their dolphins pod and then we made a terrible mistake uh we added balls cast <laughs> which is uh our favorite show. which which is uh, which is uh, Kevin Mayer, um, Adam Smoot, and Chris Joseph, and that is uh, that's a little edgier look at Miami sports and politics and culture. And they just had Tom Garfinkel, the Dolphins' president, on last week, and they got him to do a German accent. Uh, so that's the kind of show it's it's going to be. They actually have a really special guest. It's going to be on the show that's uh, that's on Friday. Uh, somebody that South Floridians love to hate. That's going to be an interesting episode. So you should tune into that. So we added those they got two. Hassan? no no somebody else uh somebody somebody marlin's related and it's not cheater so i'll, I'll just give that away i'm not gonna i'm not Ethan, gonna give that much more yes let me say something the thing i'm most excited about this partnership is not the local ties to the city i love it's not working with a journalist and a radio personality and you and witty that i immensely respect it's having Adam Smoot have to acknowledge us <laughs> He hates our guts. He hates us. He has all of us muted. I think, he, like, even the Heat Beat account, I think he has my anime account muted because I went after him there 
to tease him. <laughs> oh my god. He has to like us now. I'm so excited. Now he has yeah, to there, there was a lot of unmuting that went on. I think that w that happened between Uptown Report and Smoot also, actually, between balls cast oh and three yards per carry. So we're trying to bring people together here. I kind of hope he doesn't mute. Like, he keeps us muted. And like he's... <laughs> wait, wait, wait until he starts getting the group emails with all of the addresses on him. Oh, we'll see what happens God. there. But uh, yeah, that, that's uh, that's going to be an interesting part of this. But they're yeah, they're going to be a little edgier, a little more irreverent. But the thing that that Chris and I were thinking was, all right, if we have a Dolphins pod, we have kind of a a, a pod that's a little edgier, does politics, culture, sports. Uh, we obviously, even though Chris and I do a lot of heat on our pod. We wanted uh, a podcast that is directed at Heat fans, and so we just thought you guys would be a, a perfect fit for that. You already have an audience that follows you. You already have a social media profile, um, and you're all, you all follow the team so closely. And, and so I, I think that it made uh, it made a lot of sense. So that's that's kind of what we're looking at, and and we're also you know we, we think we're in position to to promote it, um, to use our various Twitter accounts. You can follow us at Five Reasons Sports. I only tweet six thousand times a day, <laughs> and. and uh, and uh way to and, sell it yeah, yeah that's that's the way to sell <laughs> way to it and and we're also it gives us the opportunity to do some other things there's some interactive things that we want to be able to do with fans uh contests things along those lines and, and i think that there's a, a way to expand into some more journalism related to this also in addition to what you guys do on your site so i think the partnership's going to be good for everybody and hopefully everybody gets sick of us because they're going to see so much of our content Ethan, be honest the real reason you asked us to come on board is because you needed some heat talk that wasn't anti-dwayne wade propaganda propagated <laughs> by chris whittingham hold on uh, you you guys accusing me of propaganda is rich you know what that we have a bad rich. rap hold on a second i think leif is like everyone like associates our identity as homers with leif like, I don't believe in any of that other nonsense, and I'm the damn host. And Leif does this, like, he does that retweet fish being, he's like, after heat win, heat culture, baby. Like, 10,000 retweets. No, like, the best part about it is then Leif comes in a DMs like, yo, I completely just, <clears throat> just put that out there for Heat fans. I was just fishing for retweets. Like, he, 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 was, he, he, he Hulk Hogan's, he puts yeah, his he, hands in no, his he, ears. He, he knows yeah, he's doing. a complete fraud, dude. He's a, he's a fraud. <laughs> you well, the you thing, caught the, me, you caught me. The thing about Except Dwayne, the sources. the sources are real. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Dwayne is that uh, I would like to get him on our pod, and that's something that we're going to work on. But I just have to send Whittingham away somewhere. That I'll, I'll just be the audio engineer for that one. I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll sit. I'll sit in another room. I'll set up, and I'll let Ethan and Dwayne chat. <laughs> I'll never forget the. I think Whitty, you did a you did an interview where you're holding a, like a voice recorder at Dwayne, and somebody screen capped it and goes, "The tension is palpable." It, was, it, had was been, it had to have been leisure. It had to have been leisure. I miss Jason on the heat beat so much. Pun intended. That guy's such um, a bleep starter, man. Huh? He's, he's such a bleep starter. The Dolphin, the NFL doesn't deserve him. The NFL is so At damn all. starched. Like, he, like Jason's too fun for the NFL. Agreed. And they, and, and they traded away the only player he likes, or they let they let the only player he likes go. He's big on the kicker, the Jupiter Juggernaut. <laughs> that, that was, of course, he would be big on the kicker. Th that was uh, seriously like I mean, if you if you follow Jason's tweets on the Dolphins last year, you would think the only person on the team was the kicker from Jupiter, because he it was sort of sort of like he treated Chris Anderson. Remember all the Birdman stuff? Oh my god! Yeah. Yes. Every day it was a different every Birdman day. story. He was. He had good Birdman stories uh, on our podcast. He did, yeah. Miss Jason. All right, so guys, we have uh, we have to talk about the heat because we've uh, we've rambled about ourselves and about Chris Whittingham's hate for Dwayne Wade. Um, I do want to get into 
last night was really like as a watching the nba does this well like game 82 is really fun all the games at the same time all these teams fighting for positions and i'm woke to what the heat were doing because we didn't know where they were gonna go and i'm i'm firmly entrenched that eric spolstra was with me on hashtag 7c2 we bleed like and when he saw frank vogel put out four centers in the first half of that orlando game you saw how fast the heat tanked he tanked. Yeah, man. They no, started... they 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 won the game. Yeah, what are you but talking about in the second. So to, at in the when when the second half started, the Heat started to blow that like whatever was close. The, the Heat had it close, right? Then the second half started, and then Frank Vogel, because the Magic were winning, throws out like a four center lineup. It was something ridiculous. And then they, Washington... they, play, they they played Ken Birch more than thirty minutes last night. The great Ken Birch, <laughs> right? Frank Vogel I mean... deserved to lose his job after that. I mean, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> the one who got away. Blatant tank job. So the Heat were like. The Heat were keeping it close in the beginning, and then toward halftime they let the lead go away on purpose because we they were seven seed to the lead. Honestly, okay, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm gonna jump, I have to jump in here. You're absolutely wrong. Like the Heat do not control the flow of the game without Goran Dragic against the Toronto Raptors while they're playing Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan over 30 minutes. They don't control whether they keep it close or they lose the lead. Them dudes are playing their freaking hearts out like you're you're absolutely I'm incorrect i'm so they walked into that game wanting to win it dwayne casey walked into that game wanting to win it the most impressive thing about last night is that toronto was not trying to lose that game it's not like they didn't care about that game demar DeRozan and kyle lowry i think they played the entire overtime yeah and the only reason i know this is because eric reed kept mentioning it like <laughs> like he was like it's like he was like what the f are they doing why is kyle lowry and DeMar DeRozan in the game. Like, honestly, your take is so bad on this one. And it's, honestly, it's fitting for the first five reasons podcast. To have a bad take by me. You just start out with the worst take with of the all worst time. Take. It's well, don't, bet- you guys, don't you guys think that they wanted the heat? Because that's what I read off of it was that, I mean, you don't play those guys that many minutes unless you're targeting the team that you want to be in the eighth spot. I mean, I mean, I, we had a couple people tweeted us that they wanted to end up with a better record than Golden State in case they play them in the finals. So maybe that played into it, too, or maybe they wanted 60 wins. But I got to I got to think that they saw the heat as a favorable opponent to them. Or you don't play DeRozan and Lowry down the stretch of that game and in overtime to try to beat them. So I, I don't know what that says about what they or the league thinks about the Heat. Um, but but clearly Toronto was not afraid of a first round matchup with Miami. I was there it, them trying to get the sixty wins though? Like I think that that would have been important to that franchise. I don't think that they had done that before. And that's such I don't think you play Lowry. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think you play Lowry and DeRozan thirty-eight and thirty-nine minutes to get an even number of wins. That, that, that seems weird. I guess, yeah. Dwayne Casey loves round numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, there, was there any scenario where the Heat could have lost that game today. and and not finished eighth? Or or was no, they, that happening? No, no. Once well, once Orlando won, then it was six or seven. Then then you know then then Miami. It was kind of the weird bit to me of how come the game didn't change once we, we saw confirmation of that Orlando victory because to me or after Orlando wins, I think Miami should have thrown you know Babbitt and Haslund that's what I'm and, saying. And everyone from the Hold end on, of the wait bench a out there. What's the big and, lead? But 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 Toronto should have done the same. Once you know that the outcome of who you're going to play in the playoffs is known, why are you still you know? And, and they almost I, I don't know what his status is, but 
Fred Van Vliet went down towards the end of that game. I don't know if maybe he could potentially be hampered in the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what Toronto and Miami, they, they both should have been trying to lose at that point. Gee, this is further proof that you're wrong. Like, don't <laughs> say that's what you were saying. This is further proof that you were, you were wrong. Like, the Heat weren't taking that game. Babbitt didn't get a minute. Like, what are you talking about? We're not afraid of the process. I thought there was more of a case that the Bucks are seven seed till we bleed. Yeah. Yeah. What? That's yeah. What? True. Yeah. That's. True. I mean, what were the Bucks doing last night? I mean, that's. Uh, that was I mean, a, I that was egregious. When I when I like flipped the score, I was like, "What are they?" It was like a forty point lead at one point. Yep. That was offensive. What the Bucks were doing. But and the, Giannis was playing. Yeah, and and but the the point that we made or the, that I made on the podcast last night was: Is it possible that no one was really playing an angle here? Everyone was trying to win, and you know Miami and Toronto play really close games, and Philly is just beating the hell out of everybody right Chris, now. This is sports up to an radio. Crappy. That's yeah. not how this goes. We have to theorize. No, there was no there was no angles. And first of all, you're wrong that Philly's beating the crap out of everybody. Philly is beating the crap out of a bunch of lottery teams. Like, let's get this straight on the 16 game win streak. Like they have beat three playoff teams in these in these sixteen games. They're playing nobody, absolutely no one. The Heat have played have beaten four playoff teams in that in that same time span. The Heat, I believe, have a better record against Eastern Conference playoff teams than the Sixers do. Um, I think we're bigging up this sixteen game win streak when it's a lot of fluff. Like I know, we, like we look at the Heat and we, we get mad when they lose to the Knicks. Or when they lose to the Nets, but when the Heat have when the Heat have a prime opponent in their face, they have. They, I think they're fourteen and ten against Eastern Conference playoff teams, and they have the second best point differential in the conference against other Eastern Conference playoff teams. So I don't like this. Like, don't come at me with the sixteen game win streak. The sixteen game win streak is a bunch of crap. They're due for a loss. They're due for a loss. Game okay, one. But, okay, but but hang on, Alf. Yes, they, they've they've beaten up on a lot of bad teams, right? But they went toe to toe with Cleveland in a game in which Cleveland was playing at their very best, right? And if yeah, you look I at not, rather, I'd rather beat Cleveland by thirty like we did. Uh, so. Understood. But the point mm-hmm. to me is is that you look at Philly over the course of the entire season. First off, they don't lose the garbage games like Miami does. But secondarily, their numbers for the season, they're the third best defensive team in the league. And offensively, if you look at their last half of the season, they're a top five offensive team. So it's not just that they're beating bad teams. It's that their underlying numbers are much better than Miami's from an offensive point of view. And better from my, like to me, if Miami was going to win a playoff series, it would be because of their defense. And Philly's defense is better than Miami's over the course of the season. Okay, but when you look at the head-to-head matchups, and I and I'm I'm going to look at those. I think Miami's had so many injuries this season that, and for, I completely agree with you. 82 game sample sizes is a way to look at this thing, right? You go into the playoffs, you look at point differential, you look at these things of that nature. But when you look at their head-to-head matchups, and you look at what Miami has done against other playoff teams, uh, when they're up for a game, when 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 Spolster has uh, got, uh, when especially when it comes to elite teams that have elite talent, when Spolster can game plan for guys like, okay, we're going to game plan for Simmons and Embiid. When Spolster has that opportunity, the Heat shut a lot of these teams down. Um, the Heat have guys that can make Simmons not irrelevant, but can give him a hard time. The Heat have one of the only centers, and I crush him all the time. But the Heat have one of the only centers in the NBA that can make Embiid's life hard. And not only do they have one of them, they have two of them. 
So, like, I understand all this. We 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 want to take 82 game sample sizes. We want to look at the numbers, and I agree with that. But this matchup has been has been a lot different when these two teams get together. Like, they've been contentious. I'm super excited for the series because it seems like these teams don't really like each other. And I feel like this is actually a good matchup for the Heat. I know that it's great Nikias, for Heat Twitter. I know that Nikias was telling me today that the Heat have not really done that great a job at slowing Philly down. Like, I think a key to watch here is the pace that Philly plays at because I don't think Miami's going to want to play him quick. And Miami's only been able to get them down two possessions a, a game less. Which is, which is, you know, that's something, but it's not, you kind of want that number a little lower. And I know Philly hasn't particularly shot well, and especially Redick, in any of the games that they played against Miami. That's also going to be taken into account because I feel like that's kind of fluky, and he's gotten his shots up. I think his attempts per game have been pretty normal that game, and they just haven't gone in. I'm not really thrilled about the matchup. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of with Chris here that I... Philly has like the what is it the 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 fourth best point differential in the league? Yeah, they have the third, no, the fourth uh, best you, net rating. You have no in the guts, huh? no guts, no guts. I don't have guts. None. I mean, yeah. you're so scared. I would have rather played Philly than the Cavs or or, or the Raptors, but I mean, Miami's super limited offensively, and if they don't make threes, they look incompetent. Like it's really I, bad. I mean, you mentioned how how bad Reddick's been against him, but Bellinelli's been incredible against him, and Sh- and uh, Sarich has been incredible against him. The, the, their numbers have been terrific. So, I you know, I, it's more than just Embiid and Simmons. But I agree with Alf about this. Like, I, this is the one series where you don't have to worry about whether Whiteside's engaged. I, I mean, I you have to worry about maybe where he gets distracted, but he's gonna he's gonna get up for Embiid. Uh, clearly because he doesn't like him and so i i think if that's sort of one box you need to check you know is Whiteside gonna gonna be into it uh, you would think he would be into it because I, I think he can change the whole narrative of his season if he plays well in this series especially because he really if you go back two years ago and that's in 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 you know the series against uh, charlotte and then toronto he wasn't great against charlotte he complained about the officiating a lot and then the toronto series he, he didn't really get a chance to assert himself because he got hurt so early and it was out for the rest of it. So uh, he has another opportunity to kind of establish himself in the series. And I'm going to be curious to see, okay, does Spolstra play him down the stretch to chase Embiid out to the three-point line, um, or does he go with Olenek and Bam more often? Uh, and I, I think it might be Bam some of the time too, just because he's more mobile. But, uh, you know, Hassan's going to get every opportunity from the very beginning, I think, to just change the whole narrative on this thing. Like, uh, nobody's going to care later on that he averaged seven fewer minutes in the regular season than he did last year if he plays big against a guy that everybody's projecting to be a top five player in the next few years. So, to me, everything starts starts with Hassan in this series. I think the bad thing is them going to him too much or him trying too hard. And I think that everyone's talking about, oh, yeah, Hassan's going to get up for this game. But as I think we've seen him do in the past, like, I think he might – really try to force things in a way that's bad and then once Fulstra yanks him his attitude will get really really bad so I, I like people have said the Hassan angle but I I don't know I'm not really comfortable depending on Hassan in a playoff series like this when that hasn't really been what they've done to win I, I kind of think the recipe here with a young inexperienced uh no playoff uh, moments 76ers team is to to come at them and kind of punch them in the face a little bit, get them, um, yeah, get them thinking, uh, get them distracted, 
forced turnovers. They were one of the most turnover-prone teams throughout the entire year. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I see ways that they can definitely match up. The thing that, about the Sixers that is most concerning from my perspective is just how well they've been playing. They've literally been like an avalanche every single game, running up and down the floor, getting up and down, hitting open threes. So, like, obviously, if they play bums. like that, then playing bums. against bums, the Heat have been awful. Like, but, he, but against like, good teams, the Heat have been good. I mean, to the Sixers' defense, I mean, like when you when you gain that kind of momentum, sometimes it doesn't matter who you play. You end up just kind of, uh, kind of playing up to that level. But by the same token, if we slow the game down, try to force as many turnovers as possible, slap them around a little bit. James Johnson may need to like scissor kick somebody, um, <laughs> like. That's the kind of stuff that I think will muck up this series in a way that can make it a competitive seven-game, you know, dogfight. You guys are focused on, like, Embiid a lot, but I think what's going to be important is how well Simmons plays. And they, like, Simmons kind of reminds me, like, of Rondo. They have similar, like, the non-shooting, really aggressive point guard. And the Heat in the playoffs, Spolster teams, even with better defenses, haven't really been able to stop Rondo. Like, Rondo goes off on them in the playoffs. Justice and Jay Rich. I don't know, man. I think that that's gonna. No, be this a- is this is this series is really important. Just like Lave said for Justice and uh, Josh Richardson, they have to be. You almost have to be able to play a free safety kind of defense against Ben Simmons. But they do a lot he, of switching. When, like they're gonna be like the Heat switch like everything. So they're gonna be able. To- that's what I'm saying. You almost have to play a, a, a free safety defense against Ben Simmons and 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 basically sag almost like you're a center. But the, he knows how to manipulate that, so it's going to be interesting. I really—that's really, not what I Justice think is good at. Like Justice is good with his body. Like Justice is not like this. No, Justice. Uh, I I think Justice can adjust to just about anything that he needs to do defensively. Like I've watched him play Ben Simmons. I've watched him play uh, beneath the free throw line extended and do exactly what he needs to do and get in front of Ben Simmons once he starts approaching the basket. Like I've seen him do it. So. Um, I don't know. But like like, like I you, said, okay. So I get the idea of like sagging off a guy, but like as we've seen with Rondo, you give him more passing angles, and I'm not really sure that's what you want. And I think a lot of but times, he's not. I like Ben Simmons. He's not the passer Rondo is. Uh, he's not, but like you can't give him those wide he's averaging double digit assists. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I get it, but he's. I. He's, I, I don't. But he's still I don't, really good. Off, like you just can't. Like you. I'm like, not I saying think, that the guy isn't good, and I'm not saying that the Sixers aren't good. I think that, I'm just saying like it's to. I just don't think you can discount the Heat in this matchup. And honestly, you guys know I'm a homer. I'm going to make this argument. Where are they better, Alf? Where Where is Miami better than Philly? Heart. Everywhere. Guts. Heart. Culture. Guts. Culture. Culture. Process. Practice. History. Coaching. No, co- coaching is Intangibles. like. Coaching is. Coaching. Pat, Pat Riley. Co- coaching. Coaching is where they have the advantage. Like coaching and. Are we sure? Maybe shooting guard. Yeah, no, we're sure. Yeah, dude, so I was Chris, say, that's what, what I'm interested dude, in saying. Come on, man. Wait, I will You're not about Chris. I mean, you're like, <laughs> Chris, I'm you with you. What do you, you know about Brett Brown? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm waiting for you guys to leave the network if Whittingham continues. Jesus, like, point, just, just, wait a second. I, he like honestly, Woody just fucking said that Brett Brown might be better than this coach. No, Bo, I, I, I'm not. Yes, you did. I think what you're saying, Chris, is that you don't. You don't know. We don't know anything about Brett Brown in a playoff series. Can we find out? 
Because well, he's trash. To that okay. same point, though, we don't know anything about Ben Simmons in a playoff series. So I feel oh, like. Oh, well, okay, but, okay, but hang on. Where So Dwayne Wade has tons of playoff experience, right? But where are the where is the Heats from their main core guys that are playing a ton? They don't have tons of playoff experience either. I mean, they had the one round, they had the one trip to the second round, you know, two years ago. But for two the most part, this series, two yeah, seven game series. Okay, so you're, so you're saying fourteen games is this massive difference between Miami and Philly? I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Miami has a significant experience other than Wade. Uh, a, a significant experience a, experience advantage. I mean, J.J. Redick has gone to the finals. Ursan Ilyasova has played in, in playoff games. Like, they, they have guys who have played in playoff games. It's not it's not just this. Did you just, did you just give me Ursan Ilyasova? He's been really good for, for them. Okay, but, okay, but hang, on a second. hang on a second. They don't have UD. Do you realize that on, on the Philly, uh, on, on Philly Beat podcast, they're looking at, oh, wait. The the Miami fans are talking about what James Johnson is going to do. Like, hey, to me, what what, what what sometimes I think you kind of lose the forest from the trees a little bit is the country views this roster in the same way that whenever you kind of go, oh, look at Indiana. Oh, they've got uh, Miles. You know, they, who, who do they have? CJ How are Miles. they in the playoffs? People look at your team the exact same way. Well, they're okay, wrong. Woody, Woody, you tease the, <laughs> we got to get you out of here because we have uh, Sedano and Evan Cohen ready to yell at us. What is your hot Dwayne Wade take right, okay. right as you guys leave? Your farewell right, so, to the show. Yes. This All is right, a farewell so, to the network, too. This is a farewell to the network. We, <laughs> All right, we've lasted so 26 I, minutes on the Five Reasons Network, and uh, Ethan, um, Chris is going to end it. Go. All right. I looked up today uh, on NBA.com slash stats since – the Miami Heat traded for Dwayne Wade. The net rating difference on off court. Dwayne Wade on the court versus Dwayne Wade off the court. The Heat are 14.7 points per 100 possessions when Dwayne Wade is off the floor. Kelly Olynyk plus 11.6. Dwayne Wade minus 14.7 since coming to Miami. And if this were a visual medium, you would see me. Get the fuck off my show. <laughs> Ethan, all right guys it was a great th- it was a great it was a great 30 minute relationship um <laughs> yeah uh, we'll i don't know the resignation letter out of this well i'll we'll send, I'll right. send you an email with the resignation letter and everything so you can put that you know what we, we can do actually if i can direct Dwayne to your show since there's no way he's gonna go on yeah with, tell him here because hey. tell Dwayne that we have the guts and we love him and the culture and this, is this is a safe space this is a safe yeah. All right, guys. Sixers and Sixers and six. I didn't say that. Later. <laughs> oh shit. Get, get right. off my show too. <laughs> so um, you know, I thought of hanging up on Witty right before he gave the stats. Yeah, you should. <laughs> that would have. I I regret doing because like I was like man, if he because he was so into it. Like you guys don't have the camera. So Chris Whittingham was giving these Dwayne Wade numbers with such fervor and delight. I wanted to hang up on him before I knew he would like give us a net rating radio. And with that, we welcome in what? George Sedano and Evan Cohen. Welcome what did I just want to Chris Whittingham what came on this show, either. and he was slandering Dwayne Wade, and he knows that this is a fun show. We're not here to make. We're not here to talk bad about Dwayne Wade. Chris Whittingham needs help. He does. You know, he said that Brent Brown, that Philly had an advantage in coaching. He's at. I'm gonna fight him right now. <laughs> Came on the Bring show and said on. that he goes, Alf. Where do the Heat have an advantage? And then Alf's like, "Well, coaching. Whoa, do we know that? Do we know that? Yes, like, we know that. If you've never been the guy to call the shots and actually make the decisions, where you have a guy who's won two championships doing it, yes, there's a huge advantage there. I can't. I'm, call Witty back. Call Witty back, <laughs> Brian. Call Witty back. I 
I want to get. It might, call him it might be the only advantage. It. it might be the only advantage, but it's an advantage. Yes, agreed. I mean, just, it makes a difference. I mean, it's gonna literally, I think, win the Celtics the series over the Bucks. Chris, How much are you there? Advantage they have. Uh, yeah, I, I disconnected everything, so this might sound like crap. But it, I'm it's here. okay. You don't have to talk. You okay, have to first listen. of all, I'm just calling you to tell you I love you, but you're an idiot. Okay, <laughs> if you think that Brett Brown has an advantage over Eric Spolstra, let me explain something to you as someone who's actually been covering NBA teams for years. When you have a guy who has never actually had to make the decisions as the lead guy in a playoff situation where there's constant adjustments game to game, yeah, that guy does not have the advantage over the guy who's been to four finals and won two championships. You can go now. You don't have to say anything. I Bye. mean, for the love of God, what <laughs> these guys have done in unfairly portraying my argument is absolute nonsense. I portrayed it perfectly fair. You signed up okay. for this. Bye, Whittingham. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Thank you, George. I'm crying. I am literally Thank crying. You okay, can you please introduce the voices? <laughs> okay, so that, 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 that voice yelling was uh, George Sedano, friend of the show of ESPN, uh, formerly of All Over Miami Radio. And we have Evan Cohen of Palm Beach Post. Of uh, Palm Beach Post. <laughs> wow, I have a new job. <laughs> Sedano, Sedano always likes to say that I add jobs. That's a new one, George. I got the Palm Beach Post yes, now. Evan Cohen of the Palm Beach Post joins us. Evan, your writing is incredible. I'm, I'm a Evan, Evan is an adder. That's what I like to call him. He always adds something to his <laughs> now, uh, now I got job portfolio. Yeah, oh, no, ESPN West Palm Beach and Sirius XM reader. Is that correct? That that works, Thank yes. You, that's Brian. better than the Palm Beach Post. No, yeah, no shot at producing Palm Beach Post, by you. I'm just saying. Good producing by Brian. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, we we were just talking about the um, the Heat Sixer matchup with with Witty and um, and Ethan, and Alf Alf was making the point that like Hassan, or was it Leif? I don't know. One of you was making the point that Hassan's like always gonna get up for that matchup, and I'm not so wait, sure. Wait, wait a second. Your your name is Leif? It's not Leaf, not Leafy Leaf. It's Leafy Leaf. No, Leif, like safe, but with an L I, at the I beginning. I typo <laughs> words. I typo words as well. So eh. I, I can't speak. I, like the, I, I kind of like Leaf better. Well, George, yeah, because you've been George is definitely – wait, when George first told me about you guys, you definitely were Leaf. Like you were in like the <laughs> trees and like – he's like, you know, there's this guy, Alf, and then like I know Alf and Novice and everything, and, and this Leaf guy. This is Leafy. I'm like, Ryan Leaf is on this podcast? That's very odd. No, please do not associate me with Ryan <laughs> that's Leaf. A big get, that's a big get for us. It's an athlete. It's a professional athlete. <laughs> yes. All right, go That's ahead. Big get. Okay, so the, Sorry. one of them, Lee for Alf, was saying that, you know, Hassan's always going to get up for that for this matchup and this and that. And I'm not so sure that that's a good thing because we've seen how Hassan looks at times when he forces stuff. And I'm not sure that that's going to be good. Like, that's not how they've won their games this year. Like, when they've looked their best, it's been without Hassan, even against teams that have, like, a good center. So I don't know if Evan or George went. Like, I'm not so sure that that's, like, a good thing that Hassan's going to get, like, super involved. Yeah, I, I mean, I could start us off on that, I guess, because that's been a theme of mine all year. Like, when Hassan Whiteside gets going early, I just assume the Heat are going to lose. There's two <laughs> There's two ways that I just think the Heat are going to lose. Early leads and Hassan Whiteside scoring yes. early. Like, I want him to have maybe 16 points in a game, but four per quarter. That's my dream scenario for him. Like, 16 and 12, four per quarter, three rebounds per quarter. And that's, like, that's fine. Like, a nice complimentary piece. But that is... I, like the concept of him getting up because Embiid is across the way is a nightmare scenario for the Heat, and that actually scares me thinking about that. It's like the Josh. Yeah, I'm like the when... same way. I'm the same way. I, I think that him thinking like that he's going to be heavily involved 
is a huge problem because when he's heavily involved, the offense gets bogged down. That's the biggest problem with him. Um, now, look, if, if we're talking about a game where the games are in the 80s and maybe low 90s, maybe there'll be a game like that where, where you may need Hassan, but that's not a game plan that you're going into for four victories out of seven. Like, that's not... Um, sustainable by any stretch of the imagination. I think you want and let's, him. And let's also think about, sorry to interrupt, but like, let's no. think about the fact, like, so Embiid, Embiid is what, like, first, second, or third best true center in the NBA, if not just the best, where I would look at Whiteside, just last night alone, Whiteside was the fifth best center in that game against the Raptors last night. Like, I don't even think there's a debate. Oh he, well, he was. Uh, I mean, are we going to, uh, Valanchunas was better when he played, right? Yes. I mean, Jakob Pernal was awesome in that game last night. Bam yes. completely changed the game in terms of the momentum of it. And Olenek has just been better all year. And I think Olenek has surprised many of us with how good he's been. Like, Hassan Whiteside was legitimately the fifth-best center in that game alone last night. Why should I expect him to be better than Embiid? That's absurd. No, I agree. Yeah, and by the way, not only that, but of course he had the sourpuss face that he always has on the bench while everyone's excited. Um, oh, that was unfair. That no, George, like, that was unfair. Because, like, that was one – I saw the screenshot that you're talking about that was circulating. No, 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 no. Forget the screenshot. I was looking right at him. <laughs> what are you talking about? What <laughs> screenshot? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't live my life on Twitter like you now. Well, some of, you know, some of us can't go to all the fun games, George. You know, some of us are working-class well, Americans. I didn't, I, I didn't have to be at the game. I was looking right at it on television. Like, you couldn't see it. What do you think they – I saw him cheering. No, I, I, saw, I saw him standing. I saw him active. That's why I thought that, that screenshot was a little unfair. I saw him really – He's a it. sourpuss. He's a sourpuss. He's, he is a selfish player, man. Like, he is. Luckily, he'll be gone very soon, and it will be the Bam Show. I don't yeah, but uh, until they trade him until they trade him for Kawhi. Yeah, gone, that's, gone that's for so bad. Say, say hello to Della Vadova and John Henson. I mean, gone. let's go. I don't. I don't know. I think if the Lakers strike out, <laughs> he could end up there. I think Charlotte with Cup Check, maybe he was one of them. He's destined to be a Mav. He's or Dallas. A Mav that's player. a great one. He's such a Mav. Like that's, Any, that's all, all of the. I mean, I would. You guys are gonna laugh, and they wouldn't do this because of assault. I would take him for Chandler Parsons. That's how much I'd be fine with him. Having. I would love Chandler Parsons. You kidding me? What? That's a you perfect not, heat reclam. That's a perfect heat reclamation. Yeah, project, that's like Chandler that's Parsons. like right, and that's right up. Like he's the kind of player that Spolster would love. That's right up. His he alley. would he would struggle off the court in Miami. I mean, he would have a tough time. Would he? Oh, he's yeah. I'm, he's I'm, handsome. He I'm saying this guy's like a model, and he's freaking yeah, no, walking right. around South Beach. Are you kidding right. me? He would love it. Speak, speaking of off the court, do we think the Sixers are going to have any um, Miami flu situation, South Beach flu situations during this series? Yeah, of course they will. I mean, that's that's the way this works, especially with a young team. Um, I think that you have to count on one of those games being one of those situations. Especially, look, you know which one it's going to be? The two thirty Saturday game. Oh that's yes, the one. we got we got a we got an afternoon game. Oh, Adam, yes. there'll be a Tootsie's till three in the morning. What's, you know how that works. How much is tootsies, like South? 11. Like, the line. How much does Tootsie's adjust the line? And, uh, it's not Tootsie's. It's 11. What the <laughs> hell? I mean, you guys are George younger than right. me, and I know this. Like, what are you talking about? Working class American, George. Can't afford to go out like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I go to Winwood. Uh, yeah, there's at least one of those games. Kids go to Winwood um, now, George. We don't go to 11. That's for famous people. You don't have to be famous to go to 11. Get the hell out 11 of here. is very expensive. We wait in a line outside of wood. Expensive. We wait outside. I'm not saying it's not expensive, but you don't have to be famous. I mean, we go to El Patio, pay to $40 dollars to get in. It's like $20 just to park at 11. Not yeah. that I would know. I've never been there. Within my first few months of living in South Florida in 2003, 
Sedano and I went out till about six in the morning in one of the weirdest nights ever that ended up watching other sports reporters somehow watching a movie on a wall at six in the morning. And Sedano can back this up. Was like literally a projection yeah, screen so, movie so this is what on happened. a wall. That's a true yeah. story. I, I know that I know that you want to talk heat basketball. No, I'd rather talk about this. Non, I'd rather a two-minute non sequitur. Okay, so this is like yeah, it was like 2003, 2004. Um, so we went to dinner um, at a steakhouse in downtown that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, it was like one of those Brazilian steakhouse. It was called Porcao. Uh, it was no, no, wait, wait, don't start. Wait, you can't start the story there. You got to start the story. We went to the Heat game. It was like a random when they used oh, to have. Oh, wait, we went to the Heat game. That's true. Free Shack yes, yes. random go ahead, go ahead. Saturday afternoon Heat games. It was like Heat Kings. And we're like, yeah, we got to kill some time before dinner. We all wanted to go to dinner. And so Susanna was like, let's just go to the Canes game. And I'm like, I don't want to buy tickets to a Canes game. He's like, let's just use our Heat press passes. And we're like, all right, fine. So we walk into the Canes game with a Heat press pass, and they let us in. They were, like, so happy that anybody was covering a Canes basketball game. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. So now that that was an important detail, George. <laughs> that, that was. That was. That's true. I forgot about that. It's a long time ago now. Um, yeah, so then we went to the steakhouse. And then Evan doesn't eat steak. Um, so he ate twelve and like, what, what did you eat? Cheese and rice. Right. Uh, Brazilian cheese and rice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He didn't eat. Right. Whereas You're the friend I hate. His, yeah. Um, yeah. His colleague, his, his uh, boss and friend, uh, was eating steak with me. Um, yeah. while he was eating cheese and rice. And then we ended up going out, um, years ago, I used to, one of my friends used to be the manager at space. So we went to space. No, actually, no, we went to Coconut Grove first, actually. Yes. We went to Coconut Grove because my buddy used to own a nightclub called Oxygen. And we went there um, and we hung out there for a couple of hours. And then from there, we went to space because my buddy was the manager there in the VIP. And he, uh, and he just always hooked us up. So we just walked in and we hung out. And then we ran into, I don't want to say who we ran into, Ira. but we ran yeah. into a guy. Ira and Barry. We ran into a. Oh, yeah, right. That would be hilarious. Um, so. <laughs> We ran into a guy who I just say he covers the NFL for a living. Yep. Um, and and it's not going to be who you think it is. Like immediately, your mind you're not going to guess who this is. So we went and we were hanging out, whatever, having drinks, whatever. We walk outside and in one of the different patios, they were showing like a movie on the screen, <laughs> like a cartoon, like a kids movie for like some yeah, yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's in there tripping, you know, and or whatever, you know, rolling or whatever they were doing, and then. You know, these people are out there hanging out, and this guy was out there with his wife and some friends, and they were just hanging out, tripping out, and watching the movie, uh, you know, on the wall. And uh, that was, was basically it Dave right. George. I can't believe Greg <laughs> Cody was tripping like that. My God. Yeah. So, uh, so that was that's kind of the two minute version. But anyway, back yeah. to Heat basketball. Oh my God. Um, where were we? We were talking. Okay, NBA. We've we've already we've already done the Embiid angle. Um, I. Man, I'm not – I don't know if you guys are – like, I'm not – Alpha's confident that they're going to win, and Leif seems confident that they're going to win, but they're homers. But I'm – like, I'm not. I'm They scare me. Like, that that team's offense is really good. Miami's offense is really stinky, especially when Miami doesn't shoot threes well. They look horrid. Like, they just – they pelt at the rim, and nothing goes in. Like, when it's so feast or famine with them, like, if Ellington and Olenek don't have it – and that's, like, their little pet play, that little Olenek – uh, handoff, you know, put the pin down for for Ellington. Like if they don't have which that, I which I would like to coin a run pass option because I know that's a football term, but that's literally what he's doing. Like like Kelly like runs the run pass option somehow in basketball, 
I don't know how he does it, but he does it, and everyone seems to fall for it. See, listen, I'm not going to necessarily say that the Heat are going to win this series, but I, I do think there's a couple of things working in their favor. What, number one, the fact that this team is good, and they're coming in at 16 in a row, like, I think that's a good thing. I think playing Boston, like, mindset-wise would not be perfect for them. All of the bad losses they've had this year, this team is really good. I also think they're bound to cool off at some point. I also think there could be like a random, maybe even first game, back game, two rusty and bead game. Like he's not used to this group that's been playing so well together. And I know he played with them before, but you get what I'm saying. Like Redick has been unbelievable without him. So I think there are some positives there for the Heat. The thing that scares me the most is like body type wise, they don't have anybody. And I'm sure it's going to end up being Winslow. But anybody who really matches with Ben Simmons, like they don't have a true lanky, small. That's what I was like, if you look oh, at- it's going to be James Johnson. Yeah, I think initially, but I also think, like, if you look at the actual body types, the only person that would match up with him, and obviously he's not, is Babbitt, as stupid as that sounds. But I'm saying the long, lanky guy, they don't have that guy to guard him. You think George is going to be James Johnson? Yes, I think absolutely it'll be James Johnson. So then, and here, then fill out the rest of the defense <laughs> then. Let's go through the defense then. Um, Goran on Redick, right? Right, right. Um, you know, Josh Richardson on... Um, Covington? right. Um, I would, I would, think, I would think they would going. try to hide a guy on Covington. Well, then that would be Tyler. Tyler would have to guard Covington, and oh, Josh right. Richardson would have to guard Sarek in that spot. I think the, no, you can have. You can I have, think we have too many have, players on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think you have to look. I think Redick actually would be guarded by Tyler. I think that's actually a good matchup for Tyler. Yeah, so where I, is Gorn? I, I think that. I mean, Miami really likes to switch a lot, and I really think they're going to run like a lot of justice. Um, JJ lineups to try to like force the switches that they want. Like I, I, I was comparing Simmons to kind of Rondo esque a bit because you know they're both guards that are looking for the pass. You know, not really shooters. I just don't think that Miami has ever done a good job of containing Rondo when he was like really good. So I'm kind of worried like they're gonna Spolster always kind of gives them the cushion, and I don't really like that because you give them the angles. And Justice is a guy that you want defending with his chest, his body. Justice moves his feet so well. Like I don't really want Justice to sag back and give space. Like that's not. Well, what... let me let me bring up a crazy one then, okay? And I and I know that people think he's going to be out of the rotation a little bit. I love him, but no, I, this I may agree. Be re- with you. The, but oh, here, what about the possibility of Bam guarding Simmons? Because you don't have to guard him to the three point line. He's quick enough to stay with him. He could sag off of him. I'm not saying that's your first option, but will we see that at some point during the series? I don't think Spo's wacky enough. Maybe. I don't know that it'll go Simmons, I but I think, I, I think Bam's going to have a big part in guarding Embiid for stretches. Um, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they do um, something where you're throwing multiple guys at Simmons, like Magruder even gets some time just hacking at him. I'm and, not mad at that. I'm not and, mad at that. Just like trying to upset him. I think a big part of this series is getting in Philadelphia's head, smacking him around a little bit, being physical, um, and and just mucking the game up, making it a slow-paced ball game. And uh, and that's really the only way that Miami's well, going to slow this. And, and the, reality, the reality is they're going to force Simmons to shoot the ball, right? Like, that's what they're going to do. They're going to go under everything on him. Um, they're going to sag on him. And they're going to do, I, I think, an even more um, egregious version of what the Spurs tried to do D- to LeBron. D.L. against that, LeBron. It's D.L. Yeah, against in LeBron, that, yeah. In that, first, in that first Spurs series. Like, I think that they're going to do that, but, I mean, even more intensely but George, than the like, Spurs did it. The problem I see with that is that now you're going to give him be, you're, you're going to give Simmons a lot of space to create. Like, how 
like like a la Rondo. Like Rondo went nuts whenever they played him in the playoff series because they would just give him all that. Like I yeah, but look, but look what they did. Look what they did with LeBron the last time they played them. They gave him the space. They played him yeah. under, and then they split right. the wings to but either hold on. side. But they were, but LeBron, LeBron, it was happening with length, right? Like if you're putting James Johnson on Ben Simmons, that's gonna like you're gonna need, like they were doing that with size on LeBron. I don't know if you can put all your size right, but, on Ben and, Simmons. And the- the, the Rondo comparison doesn't fly because who was defending the rim back then? Chris Bosh? Like, no, like, Chris was fine, but he doesn't. But how they often have are the they guys? Gonna, like, if we're, if we're not saying, if we're saying Hassan's not going to be a major player in this well, series, but, like, Bam's not a rim protector, you know, like, they okay, don't have Okay, right. But he covers space and ground, which covers well, so your Chris point, Bosch. right? Yeah. Not the same way, though. You see what no, I'm saying? No, like, I, he's I not the athletic freak that Bam no, is. Right. Come on. No, no, you're right. You're right. Well, and I what, think about, way, what I, about I what know. about the idea of going small on Embiid? Would you guys can like meaning? Would you go Raptors no. game seven style and put Winslow at center? I think no. I don't think you can do that. Bam is about as small as you can go. No, I, um, I think yeah, they can Embiid. go. James, I think they can get away with James Johnson at center for mm-hmm. stretches, for stretches. Maybe, but doubtful. Like if if JJ's having like a really good game, I think that they'll do it. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, Spo, Spo always pulls something out like. Whether it's a player or a scheme that we don't like, whether it's, you know, you dust off James Jones or Mike Miller when they weren't playing Richard Lewis, like he always does something. And I think there's, like, I don't know if uh, George is right, the DL versus LeBron defense, I like that concept. And, you know, back in the day, I just wonder is there something he's going to pull out? Because there's such an awkward, you know, and I mean that in a good way, such an awkward team, Philadelphia, that I just wonder what Spoh's going to do against them. Well, Evan, you know what they might do? And now that I'm thinking about it, like, Simmons, young rookie point guard. They haven't really done a lot of hard traps this year, and they have guys that can do it, right? Like if you yeah. if you start like really hard trapping um, Simmons, that might I mean Philly has the highest turnover percentage in the league. You might be able to like get them, maybe they'll, they'll bust it out late in the game or something, and really throw them off with that. That could be something that we could see. I just don't want to think about a Jason Kidd hard trapping defense and then a disaster. <laughs> I think in spurts, if you defend him full court, turn him as many times as possible, it kind of slows the game down too. So that's another way of doing it. And I, I don't discount Josh Richardson. I mean, he had a an all defensive type season. Like this is the type of moment where you say, let's see how he can defend that guy. He may not match up perfectly physically from a measurement perspective and uh, how big he is and things like that. But uh, you know, this is what he's gonna his bread and butter is gonna be defending guys like this. So I think that uh, that may be option one actually. Then we haven't even gone there yet. Do you yeah, guys I mean, is... no, go, go ahead, go go. I was just gonna say like, I'm I have been, and I think we've talked about it before. Like I'm such a believer of Josh Richardson at the two and not the three. And I don't know if he's gonna change his starting lineup. But if there's ever a team to change your starting lineup against, this is the team to do it. But they don't have a yeah. three. Like they, they're that is the. I know they don't have a three, but like the right, there's no question. Which is why I brought up the random Chandler Parsons joke earlier. But like, I just don't see Tyler and Goran on the floor together because I don't know that either one of them is good enough to really exploit this team. So what's the point of that? No, I, I agree. They have they have a like they're really heavy at two guard, especially now with Dwayne and with Dion. Like that is I don't know what the hell they're gonna do in the offseason because they have way too many of them, and they don't. Well, have, Dion. They'll give away Dion for peanuts if they can. But anybody he's going to spend a year with Dwayne. He's going to spend a year with Dwayne, and he's going to transform right. his career. Heat culture, baby. Do we have any indication that Dwayne's going to be back <laughs> next year? No. Like we talk, like we say that. Like is this is this it? 
Like he's you, kind of kind of hinted that he is not going to come back. I thought I read a quote um, that he kind of sounded. Like, uh, it was just just today. He said something to the effect of. Uh, I don't know if maybe I want to start, uh, you know, focusing my attention elsewhere. I know I can still help the team, but um, so he kind of was hedging on whether he'd be back or not. So I don't know if that's going to be. I a, feel like Udonis coming back is is dependent on Jawan Howard getting a head coaching gig. Like if he does, or or any of the, you know, I mean whoever Quinn, I mean you know whatever you want to say. I mean Quinn's not going to, but you know Craig. Like I just feel like you know when they have a slot for him, he just takes that slot if he wants it. I guess Fizz is probably going to get another job next season. He might get that Orlando job. He's not. Listen, man, Fizz isn't going to take a job like Orlando. I would be shocked. You would? You yeah, would? He you don't think he'll just take the next job that he, he can? He doesn't need. To. He's so no. real. Like he's so real and respected. Let me like, tell you something. He's going to be a star on television if he wants to be. He is. No, no. He's he's wildly entertaining. <laughs> he's he's done he's done countdown a bit, right? He's done countdown a few times. I just did the jump with him the other day. No, yeah, uh, he's. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a TV star if he wants it to be. He's going to wait for the right job, I think. Like I don't think he's going to necessarily just take a job. Speaking of the jump, did you guys see yesterday? Um, the I, I think that little that whatever I don't know if it was a jump. I know Rachel Nichols was hosting, and it was Brian Windhorst next to Scottie Pippen, and I couldn't think of a more jarring just juxtaposition of people. Why do you have to be so mean? It's not mean, and it's not even it's 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 like that's, why, I mean, that's, that's definitely like, mean. I, I wasn't trying to be mean. I think listen. Well, well, yeah, I think people yeah. are. I, I, mean, listen, I like Brian. No, no. I, I, listen, listen. I know that you've lost a lot of weight, Navis, but I mean, you need to slow down. No, that wasn't a fat thing. I listen. I I have fat okay. solidarity still. No, I, I that, no. I, I mean, look. It's kind of a it's a D move. Like I got to be honest with you. Like that's not that's, that's not, not right. what I meant. I meant it more of a like he's dweeby and like he's Scottie Pippen. Okay. Now, well, wow. let's just Man. move on because I'm Man. not having the conversation. Oh my god, I didn't mean it that way. You guys are the worst. Um, <laughs> I was gonna ask. No, you're what, the worst. No, clearly. I'm not. I'm trying to be nice here. Um, do we like we've talked a lot about defense? Are we sure like this? Like, and they got like a lot of TNT games, so this, this is not the NBA TV series. Are we sure there's gonna be aesthetically pleasing basketball? Because like, no, I don't. but isn't isn't that a good thing for the Heat? Like, no, it's a great thing for the Heat. Beat like, them up. They like, wanted in the mud. They By the way, that's in the, the other th- right. That's the other defensive thing that we haven't actually talked about. What about the simple fact of just beat Ben Simmons up? Nobody's tried that, and this team is not afraid to do that. Like we can get all exy and all we all we want, but like, what about just knock him on his ass? Yeah, like, we know that he can handle. I mean, I'm, I know that's cliche, and like that's not the way to win. I mean, who do they have? But to I'm just do? saying, like, like James Johnson, like. Well, any all these guys, James Johnson, Justice. I mean, Olenek certainly could sharpen up the elbow, so that's for sure. I mean, I just think that there's something to that. And offensively, no. But He's I mean, reformed. I, George, I think I cut you off, but like, it's fine if it's not offensively pleasing or aesthetically pleasing. Like, that's the way that this team likes to play. Yeah, they're better when that's the case. So yeah, I, the, I was just gonna say the same thing. That's it. No, I, I, I know that they're better. I just wasn't sure, like, I wish like if the series was going to go that direction because Philly's been so good offensively. Yeah, I, I don't think TV, you know, a TV, they can care or they can not care. I think the reality is is that if, and I do think it's going to be a, a fairly competitive series, I think that um, it's going to go six or seven regardless of who wins. Uh, but I think that that's all the league really cares about is how long these series go. Um, because if they're sweeps and they're not, especially if they're not competitive, like I think Indiana and Cleveland, uh, some of those games won't be competitive. And I think that those are the type of series that the the TV companies don't want. And this Heat series is going to be on ESPN or TNT every time, um, at least as of right now. What's it? What's the NBA TV series? Is it Milwaukee Celtics? Because that one looks awful. 
I don't know. Um, I probably can look it up if you give me a second. But um, like, that one, that one looks no fun. Like no I may have it. No one's well, out the here other, trying to watch. The it. other reason the Sixers and Heat is not a NBA TV series is that it's the LeBron Bowl. You know, those are the two teams that he's going to choose from this offseason. So <laughs> that is true. I th- I don't know about just those two teams, but I do think that those will be the teams. Uh, Wizards Raptors on Tuesday, Game Two is an NBA TV game. Um, the Jazz, game game two between the Jazz and the Thunder. Jazz and Raptors Thunder forever is, on NBA TV. Used to be the Hawks. Yeah, game, the Raptors. Game, thir- game three on Thursday of Blazers Pelicans uh, is on NBA TV. And then, uh, well, I don't know. And then at game fives, there could be some game fives okay. on NBA TV beyond that. So, yeah. We have that, yeah. Random, random question because I'm so into the all the offseason trade stuff and free agency. If hypothetically they're down – Three, three, one, three, two, whatever it is. Who are we looking at potentially last game for the Heat? Like, who are we already speculating about? Hassan, no. Hassan. Yes. Well, Hassan's the obvious one. Dion, I'm sure they would try to get rid of. Who else are we looking at? I mean, in T- my dreams, Tyler. it'd be Tyler, but I don't know. If yeah, that's me too. Movable. I mean, I have a feeling they're going to try to attach a pick to get rid of one contract, and um, and then like try to get whatever you can for Hassan, and then see kind of where you are at that point. Okay, see Leif. what you've. If they have to attach a pick to get rid of Tyler, am I allowed to then be right? Uh, yes, you will okay. be allowed to be right. By the this way, will be by the, the way, only there's, time. There's a, sneaky, there's a sneaky Tyler angle that nobody ever brings up that I'm not trying to hate even more than I already have. But, I mean, according to every single report that I've seen, they said to him, we'll match the deal, just don't sign the offer sheet, and we'll smooth it over five, over four even. And he said, no, I gave them my word. Did, like, he, did he do that? That's yes. been reported. What a snake! Yes. Okay, say that again. So basically, their report was, and I don't know. I, mean, I haven't seen this confirmed by like Tyler, but I've seen reports where they said to him, "We'll match the like if you're about to sign this offer sheet, we will match it. Just don't sign it, and we'll give you the deal over like four for forty-eight or fifty, whatever it was, and they smoothed it over. You know, the four years on an average, twelve plus versus the. Yes, eight, I heard 19. the same thing. Yeah. What a snake. Listen, I've been so ahead Did of Did I tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you use my stuff on me and I'm using your stuff on you now? Because God are stealing sources? I will text you I will text you who told me that. Okay. And then yeah. that's why yeah. That's why don't you, why don't you just say why the, don't you just say it here? No, the I can't. Other, the other underrated player that I think they made. Oh, wait, wait, we're just, slandering just, Tyler. Hold on, let me have my moment. Like, well, just I think Gorn, just because of the return that Gorn could possibly get, I think that that's going to be something that they look at uh, very strongly. I love that, that guy, was, man. That I would never suck, want though. him to leave. I love that guy. He's become my favorite heat point guard. Like that guy is so awesome. I'd be so sad Who? if they Gorn. Like I mean, he's fine. I, I don't know. I've, I've grown really attached to him, and he's like, I don't know. I think, that guy, I think he's awesome. I love watching him play, and I'm, I know that I know what Leif is saying is correct. He's probably the guy who'll fetch you the most, but, man, I'd be sad if he goes. But he might you have. Know, no, go. He's, he's interesting from a standpoint of – correct me if I'm wrong. He had 30 in the Game 7 against Toronto a few years ago, right? Yeah, in the blowout Charlotte. game, or like game or no, six, game six, game six. Was it, yeah. wasn't like, it the Charlotte he, game seven that he yeah, went off? Uh, yeah, you may be right about that. I thought there were two monster yeah. games in the playoffs. No, you're right. Ago. The game six against Toronto is where he went for thirty. You're right. And no, I said seven, so I wasn't right hundred percent. But um, so <laughs> I can't take credit for something I didn't do. But um, I just think it's kind of sneaky. Like, could he be a great playoff performer? And it's such a small sh- sample size, we don't know it. And this year could be the expanded version of that. Because like one of the other things that. I mean, in theory, you have an all-star point guard, and I know that all-star is kind of 
I don't know, a lot of injuries, but like, yeah. right. Shouldn't he be able to exploit something on Philly this week? I mean, you would think see so. Something. Um, yeah. And like, isn't that the real test as whether or not they keep him? The thing with yes. him is that like, I- I've always felt that Goran is way too like patient and like, he'll go into the lane and if he doesn't have a sure thing, he won't do something right. Like he'll like kind of do that like little pump. He'll like, he'll do a fake, he'll do a move. And if somebody doesn't bite, He'll come right back out. And I kind of think in the playoffs, sometimes you just need to, like, try shit. Like, Dwayne Wade tries shit. You know, sometimes it's bad. A lot of times I don't think he's bad. afraid of doing that. I think you can be safe to say that he's going to do that. Goran. Yeah, I think there's – I do think well, – no, wait. I'm oh, saying, no, but like, I'm I saying think, that Goran doesn't – like, sometimes I think he's too conservative because, it's like, he's a smart player. So he doesn't want to, like, throw stuff up, and sometimes you kind of need to. Yeah, I think there's some indicators. Like, I think that – Hassan getting off early is a bad thing. I think Tyler taking time on his jumper is a bad thing. He's much better when he immediately shoots. I think Ellington spotting up versus on the move is a bad thing. Um, yes. You know, Winslow taking it to the basket early is a good thing. Oh, and, and by the way, Ellington just driving to the basket is a bad thing. Yeah. Well, it, except that, except that time it wasn't. It that way. Except that time it was. Right. What? What? Against Toronto? Yeah. Against the, Toronto. Right. But yeah. outside of or that, that time, was, that time he was Kyrie Irving, and I forgot who he put on skates. I didn't know he had that. Uh, Milwaukee. It was the yeah. Jason Kidd firing game. It was literally after that game. I remember George and I were on the phone. I'm like, Jason Kidd's probably the worst coach I've ever seen in my life because <laughs> he's like, that's and why he got fired. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Evan like, used I'm, to live by Jason Kidd, I believe. Don't. It yes, he lives in the building next to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I just think there's some early indicators as to, like, where, where they're going to go with this. And I do think getting Olenek involved, like, as much as you possibly can. He is such a difference maker. One of you guys did something I thought the other day where uh, it was Nikaias. just, like, the number. Nikaias, yeah, about how the numbers are just through the roof when he's on the floor, right? Is that how you say his name, Nikaias? Yes. George I thought it was Nikaias. He's getting pronunciations here. I thought it was Nikaias. Nikaias, yeah. Nikias. Where's Alf? He's not here. Alf is—it's his birthday, so he left. He'd rather be somewhere else. Jeez. Alf, what the hell? Alf can't. That... Alf was only on because we uh we joined Ethan Skolnick's podcast network today. I guess it's Ethan and Woody. Poor, poor Woody. Woody gets buried by Ethan. Um, we joined Ethan and and Woody's podcast network today, so Alf was on, so we could do the announcement. We did it with Ethan and Woody, blah blah blah, and then you know halfway through your you guys' segment, he uh he went to go drink. Oh, good. Yo, for I him. feel I feel frozen out by Alf, like Michael with Isaiah. That's bad. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, but you got Leafy Leaf. You, you got, got Leafy, Leafy Leaf. Leaf. You got Discount Elf. <laughs> you got White Discount Elf. That was me. I'm sorry. I love you. Cultured Alf. Cultured um, Alf. Yeah, so so listen, man. Like I, I think that this series is going to be really hard to predict. Um, I know that most people think that Philly is going to win rather easily. Um, they, they may think that the games can be tightly contested, but they'll the win in five or six. Um, and, and look, that's possible, right? It just, you, know, you never know what's going to happen in the postseason because you're talking about just a handful of games. But, um, I, I, man, I just think that that team, as hot as they are, 16 in a row, I'm with Evan. They're going to be more focused. The Heat have played well, I think. Um, when they know they're playing a good team. Um, yep. More times than not. Yes, there's always outlier games, right? The Warriors crush them, whatever, this, that, and the other. Um, but, but they were competitive against Houston, right? Twice, in, twice. in games. Yeah, they, they, they get up for people. As crazy as that sounds for a mediocre team, they do. They get up for people. And I think they'll be up for this because they've won 16 in a row. And they don't like them. Nope. Like, there's that part of it. And that's, I think that's the part, that and the trash talk, but like he Twitter, he, listen, he Twitter has to step up because this is going to be Oh, fun. Philly Twitter is mean. I okay? know. I know. We've met our Let match. Let me tell you something. 
Let me, no, let me tell Philly Twitter reminds me of Heat Twitter before you guys, like the original incarnation of Heat Twitter, where they were like, they were the worst, I think. You guys act anyone. like we weren't like in the, like we can't, like, I was there for the big three Heat. I was there for the horse cockies. I was there for, you know. Whoa, when, whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> we were all there, George. We all know what it was. All right, whatever. So I don't, I don't, I don't think, I didn't, you guys were like children though in that era, I believe. Um, hey. so, but anyway, Philly Philly fans are mean. Like they are um, <laughs> passionate, to say the, the least. I remember on Sports Nation, this was like two months ago. I said, you know what? I think it's a, you know, the the rookie of the year race is close. I said I probably lean Donovan Mitchell today, but obviously I can change my mind. Um, you know, I like that Mitchell um, can defend and can score. Um, I think he, they're, I think both guys are good defenders, but I, I like the fact that he can defend and score. And they just like littered my mentions for like a month like it was the worst um so i yeah i'm but telling you just be Camby. ready but we have marcus Camby. and that's especially crazy considering george would rather be the sixers oh i forgot right. we that have was, that we have this angle it. george yeah well i well not in this series particularly but Whoa. i do think that what are you saying but i think i told you the last time i was on by 2020 they're going to be in the finals that's Wait, but how, how is this? How is this an argument? I've never understood this because I've seen you guys all go back and forth. Like we can all sit here, rightfully so, as Heat fans, love the organization, love the culture, everything about them. There's not an argument that the Sixers are better set up to win than the Heat are. Oh no! Oh, but, but this this of argument course. started like a year and a half ago, so it didn't. It, I know, it, it wasn't. Then, it didn't look this way. Doesn't he deserve the credit no. for actually seeing Evan, this? Evan, this is not. That's not. I mean, that's not how things work. You you <laughs> yell until you know other people forget. My point has always been that the Heat organization and that structure is a more long-lasting uh, way to approach team building than what se- what the 76ers did, and uh, Miami will win a championship before Philadelphia will. Leif, can I betray? Nope. Can I betray? Not unless LeBron comes. Wait, but that okay? Wait, wait, hold on. You just changed the whole argument. Oh, because, that's what I do often. Right, that's how I we work. Slam this to the Heat. But but okay, no, I slammed everything to the Heat too. Trust me, I'm as biased as could be. But uh, what I'm saying is. If you're going to say who wins a championship first, then you're then you're actually factoring in a variable that talent can change based on the fact that you don't think Philly's going to win it this year. And if LeBron and Kawhi are on the Heat next year, like obviously wishful thinking, but there's no like the Heat have a better organization, the Sixers have a better team. But wouldn't that be part yes. of the process, like the process of getting the big fish, like waiting, 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 and then getting disgruntled person like that? No, 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 that no, be... no, that's that's not that's not waiting, waiting, waiting. That's just getting. I mean, up. listen, George, okay. I agree like, with see, you. Think, I'm playing I devil's advocate all... here. I, I'm I'm on right, the. I, I think that you we're actually in a time where all sports have a big problem right now because the commissioners don't want to acknowledge what works. Like in other words. If you look at the NBA, obviously the Sixers, it worked, well, right? Baseball, dude. If you look, if you look at baseball, the Cubs and the Astros did exactly what the Sixers. Yeah, are yeah, doing. but what's his face? The commissioner of yeah. baseball, uh, you know, show. likes Manfred. it. Yeah, Manfred, but, he likes it, and Levitard is yelling at him about it. But in but, the NBA, does it really work? I mean, like, where historically yes, do we yes, see tanking actually result in the in San prolonged? Spur, the San Antonio winning. Spurs became a dynasty. That was because, because of an injury, George. That was because David Robinson got injured. Yeah, they and you don't think they sat, hold on, no, 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 buddy. They sat people, okay? They sat healthy people. They fired Bob Hill. Greg Popovich fired Bob Hill because he felt he knew that he was probably going to get 
at least a really good chance of getting a once in a generation type player. Well, yeah, because I think it, oh, in in a one year you can maybe make that decision because halfway through the 0708 year, Pat Riley made the decision to to go ahead and tank, and then you saw that take but place. It, it also depends on what you then do with the players. So, for example. Let's just say there's no such thing as free agency and LeBron wants out of Cleveland. Is there a team more stacked with ammo to get him by way of trade than Philadelphia would be? I mean, part of it, I mean, like, I don't want to see Josh Richardson go. I don't want to see Bam go, and I don't want to see Justice go. Isn't part of this whole run here that those three guys could actually garner you a huge talent in return? Yes. And, <laughs> and what, Leif, is what you got? Well, but my, right. my, my point is that the, not that the Heat are tanking, but high draft picks resulting in potentially flipping could work. Or they're just really good, like in the case of Philadelphia. But Philadelphia also could sit there and say, like, I mean, all right, let, let's play this out for a second. If, if Kawhi Leonard's 100% healthy and the Spurs call the Sixers and say, we want Ben Simmons for Kawhi Leonard, what do they do? They say yes. They say no. No, they say yes. No, not, they say no. Not if you're you following say, you the think process, they say no. They say no. If they're following the process, they say, they no. say no. I don't know about that. They say no. If you're in a position to say no, then it's working. <laughs> well, yes, but right. if you look around the league last night. And what I'm saying is that... Bam, Richardson, and Winslow, if they call about Kawhi, then he'd say yes. Right? So, so what I'm saying, And the Spurs probably say no. Right. And what I'm saying to you is that the way in which you're team building, by building young players, getting, young, getting draft picks, whatever it may be, if it works, and it, either, and it results in players that are so good that you would say no to Kawhi, you're ahead of the team that you would have players that would say yes to Kawhi. Does that make no sense? No doubt. But if you look around the league and you see all of the teams that are trying to emulate what the Sixers did, you see tanking all over the place, and it's not successful in Phoenix, and it's not been successful in Minnesota. Right. Well, but that's um, different. That's different. It's more successful in baseball, much more successful in baseball. Like, I don't like the Marlins. I'm a Mets fan. But, like, the Marlins, I believe, will be good at some point. Like, and people are going crazy on them. Like, they're going to end up being good. The Pirates are going to end up. Like, all these bad teams are just going to end okay, up. Okay, nobody good. cares about baseball. The Neither Phoenix do I. Suns, but I'm the just Phoenix, saying. The Phoenix Suns. I know. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns are not the team to to look at here. First of all, they have they're a trash organization. Okay, you're talking about the same owner um, who made numerous mistakes, countless mistakes over the years. Um, when it came to the guys that he had, all right, to the point where guys have walked away. Remember, he had Steve Kerr before anybody. Um, they, they, they will make a thir- they will make a thirty for thirty on the Suns at some point because if you look at who's look at every great team in this league right now, right? Rick Welts and Steve Kerr in in Phoenix, or excuse me, in Golden State were in Phoenix. The yep. Antoni, the Antoni, obviously, right? Danny, Danny Ainge, and right. David Griffin. I know and he's Robert not with the Sarver, Cavs anymore. Robert Sarver ran all of them out of town. So, no, they, the Phoenix Suns like, are not the team every that good, we can be every discussing here. Great team in the league somehow traces back to the, the Suns on a side note. But mm-hmm. I, I think kind of to Leif's point, like, I think the organizations that most of us consider to be the good organizations don't really tank. And the teams that try to emulate what the Sixers do are, you know, dumpster fires like the Kings and the Phoenix Suns. So it kind of warps like what people perceive of the process because we can point to Sacramento and Phoenix and teams like that that are just like clearly like not any kind of competent. So they're not even tanking right. And I mean, the-, the original version of the Golden, I mean, of the Oklahoma City Thunder, I mean, Seattle oh, yeah. just said the hell with it. You know, they Seattle went, forget it. You know what? We're not going to compete. We need to start over. And they were in and it worked. tank mode and they got Westbrook and Durant. Yeah, they and did. Harden. It worked. Right, and Harden. Right, exactly. Right, but here's – okay, so a question, though. When we say it doesn't work, 
if the Phoenix Suns called the Spurs and said, we'll give you Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, anybody else, and our pick, Kawhi's going to be on the Suns. Yeah. And they still won't win anything. I would right, say but no. I'm saying, man, but, you guys but really you're getting Devin Booker. But you're getting Devin Booker is a five, good player, man. Right, I, I, and you're getting he is a good player. A top five player in the league. Like Kawhi? that's the point. Like you're doing. I'm yes, like Kawhi is a top five player. No, in the league. I, really? I, I no, I know. I agree. I'm just like George saying that that's enough for for Kawhi. Like that's a that's a that's a hard no. Well, no, no, no. I don't know if it's enough for Kawhi, but I would say that it's a good start. Um, and, but again, that the, Evan's point is that if you have stuff that the Spurs will say will even consider, which I don't you, think then you're winning. Right. I don't think that he'd have that. I agree. No, and that that's a fair point. My overarching point is just that you can have all the assets that you like. You can have all the tools in your toolbox, but if you're incompetent at building things and like if historically speaking you see that these organizations constantly are fumbling through rosters and coaching changes and GM changes, I feel like that that speaks a lot more to um like long-standing success then that you can make one trade to get one superstar that's right, all my point is but, but what you're you're dismissing is the fact that um ownership plays a role in that mickey doesn't want to be active so he just lets pat do his thing and pat is all about loyalty right be loyal to me be loyal to me and he does he has a lot of loyalists um and, and i think that that plays a huge role in it. And I get that's why they, you know, the culture, this, that, and the other. San Antonio has a very similar situation with Pop and Buford. Um, Danny Ainge has a very similar situation now. But let's not, you know, Danny Ainge um, was, I mean, he was a guy that people were literally making fun of before the Kevin Garnett trade, okay? He was a guy that in his own town where he, he was a, a hit, you know, uh, some sort of hero uh, on those championship teams, people were wondering if he had what it took to do the job um, because, you know, Al Jefferson and Gerald Green. And I mean, think about the stuff he turned into Kevin Garnett. Like it wasn't, a, it wasn't a great haul necessarily. They were not a good team. Doc Rivers was on the verge of getting fired. Um, so let's and, by, and by the way, with Danny Ainge, what are they two years away from people actually questioning if this whole plan worked? Right. Like as much talent as they have, and I'm sure we'd all kill to have that kind of talent and assets. Like at some point it needs to actually work. Well, Rozier was the butt of, Every like NBA Twitter, like it was he Rozier was the butt of everyone's joke, and he's played great. He's acquired great players. He's done a phenomenal job of acquiring great players and somehow getting a top five coach in the league to that team that nobody saw coming. It's just at some point it actually has to work, right? Like at some point you have to go to the at least the finals, but, which, which is like, my point with the Sixers. That's exactly my point. But this is but I look at this as year one of the Sixers, right? But they've been losing for a decade, so it's not really years. Right, but it's not like, even. But come on, first of all, like they haven't been losing for a decade. And, they were in the playoffs, even, like recently. And it's not even fair. They have a completely different ownership from that era, from when Doug Collins was there, and they have a completely different general manager twice over, for God's sake, because the other guy got fired unjustly. Fair point. Well, I'm is, just trying. This, I'm gonna die on this hill. Just let me die on the hill. This yeah. is just. It's year one of them actually having a an ounce of an expectation, and they have exceeded that already. I, I think. I think what gets lost in this is how like, and I, I've been somebody who acknowledges like, okay, this clearly works. Like what the Celtics done, even as it was happening. What the hell is that noise? It's probably. Oh, uh, that might Al. be me. Oh, that that voice is Rohan and Carney. He's been listening to our tanking conversation. Last word on tanking, but. Like you see, you see the Celtics and what they've been doing. Like, and I understand that it works. Like, and I think a lot of us understand that it works, and it probably works better than what 
maybe the Heat do. But to like, I think what where people like Leif get defensive is saying like that's the only way to team build, which is which is false because we're saying okay that that package that Phoenix can put together to send for for to San Antonio for Kawhi is is good, and like my you know Bam Jay Rich and Justice is not bad when you've been competitive and like in the playoffs like in and out. You know what I mean? So I think the point of it is Miami can stay competitive while tr- while trying to build young talent, and they've done that. Maybe not to the level that the Celtics and other teams have, but it's it's definitely a viable way to team build while being competitive and loyal. I mean, to viable to what? Viable well, let, to maybe let, getting let, knocked out in the first round? Like, yeah, let me. Put, I mean, let me put, okay, I guess. The, the team. Let me give you a the hypo- team two years ago. That was that that team was good, and if Hassan doesn't get hurt, and if Joe Johnson can't like right, hit but that an team open was shot, good. Yeah, but that team was good because Dwayne Wade was still around and still had at least a little juice left in the but tank. But that team was good even when Dwayne was just like a whatever but, score. Like, like I know he had the game in Charlotte, but like that was a good team. That but that team, but that team never actually played. Like the lineup that they wanted never actually happened. And that's another like, thing. I, like, Bosch right? I mean, is, they wanted Whiteside, Bosch, Dang, Wade, Goran. That never happened. We didn't even get them the chance to like not play Hassan and just have Bosch at the five. Like, we never gave Swolter never got that chance. So like. In spite of that, they were a three seed, and they were. I still think they were better than that Raptors team. Just James Johnson. I, I think James, that if Joe that Johnson team, if that team beat the Raptors and played the Cavs, I'd make the argument the Cavs would not have won the championship that year because that Eastern Conference Finals would have been very difficult for LeBron. He would have won, but it would have been very difficult, I w- and way like, more difficult than I Toronto. agree that he would have won, but that Miami team was so equipped because of the wing defenders that they had playing at the totally. level. Totally. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just, sure. And I'm a LeBron hater. I just don't want to disrespect him to that level and just assume that not only right. would he not win a championship, he wouldn't even make it to the East, like to the to the finals that year. Right. But just go but, back to one thing on the hypothetical with the, with the tanking. And, um, oh, so, and real quick, just to finish yeah. that off, though. Like, don't dismiss Dwayne Wade at that stage of his career still being good, okay? I, like, never, said, I never said he wasn't good. Because, I'm just like, you made, it, not you made it seem like this was the team that he's playing on now that, no, that uh, went seven games to Toronto. He like, was stop. he was their best player, but, like, you know, I, he had a better playoffs won, than he did regular he won, season. He won a ton of games for them in the playoffs. Like, in stop. The, yeah, All right, I got – I have four minutes. Go. Got... <laughs> All right, so what I was just saying was, who, like – if you don't believe that the tanking thing works, then let's let's play out this hypothetical. Why are we talking about tanking in a playoff preview? Want, Jesus I Christ! Want to process. Just no, finish. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Like, actually, what like, this is the point. Leaf. Yeah. So the the worst organization in sports is Sacramento. I mean, in the, in the sport, in the sport, I should say the Kings. The Kings. Kings. Okay. And who's the best personnel person in the sport in your mind? Who? Like um, what? Um, eye for talent. No. Like, are we talking about general manager? We're talking about like, yeah, yeah. Who do you want to run? Maury. All right, Daryl Maury takes over the Kings. Tell me what he does. Starts getting second round picks. No, like seriously, tell me what he. He's gonna tank. He's gonna tank. He'll probably break it down. Go ahead. Right. So he's basically has he has a blank slate, a new organization. He do whatever he wants. And the first thing we're saying that the best person at doing that job in the league would do what you're saying. You should not do. Well, and, and my only point to that is this, is that I think that there's just as good odds that Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg can pull a trade off for a disgruntled player and build around that and catch lightning in a bottle. But not that there's just as good odds as that as, no. as, as getting a come generational on. star. No, but um, wait, 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 hold on. But, but no, you're, but you're actually on. making That's ridiculous. No, George, George, <laughs> you're making our point. They're actually making the point. 
The only way that, that in that scenario with the Kings that you'd be able to do that is by moving a guy like De'Aaron Fox, who you only got because you were terrible for a long period of time. So you're using the assets that you got as a result of being bad to get better. Can I hop yeah. in? Yes, please. We have been waiting for you to hop in. That is uh, um, Rohan and Carney of SI. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, well, let me just say, I think I, I definitely agree with George Leif. I hate to say it. Here's the thing about Hinky. If you lose for long enough, like the Thunder did, like the like the Sixers did, the Warriors, it will work. It's just a it's just a matter of how long your ownership or management or the NBA is willing to let you do that. I, I mean, if you lose long enough, if you give yourself enough chances at the top of the lottery, you're going to build a team like the Sixers. You're going to build a team like the Thunder. It, it's just you know the disgruntled star. Yes, that you know that that happens and that happens every few years, but you know. What Hinky did, I think the criticism of Hinky was to me never was, is this going to work? The criticism, I think, is, you know, how much longer can he kind of sell this as a novel strategy? He wasn't the first person to tank. You know, what he was was the first person to get carte blanche to tank for as long as he did. It, it was the and most I, egregious. I think that's what it, it, yes. Yes, it was the most egregious aspect of it, right, like that we've ever seen, right? Like it was the most egregious example we've ever seen. And people didn't like that because, it, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, you got to go out there and try and be competitive. And you know what? He just See, like, screw all that. George, I'm of the belief that no owner would have the patience to actually do it, which is why a guy like Hanky, in essence, is really a consultant. It's like you right. bring him in for two to three years on a consulting deal to scrap your organization, and then when that person does it, you bring in the general manager you want to try to win. And that's unfair, but that's kind of the reality of what these guys who can do that in that sport have been pigeonholed into. Because, I mean, Presti maybe is the only guy that comes close, Maury maybe a little bit, that's yeah. kind of lived through the tanking. Right. I, I have one last uh, quick question for George, by the way, who I know has to go soon. Um, have you heard anything in terms of Kawhi being moved? Because I I think he might be more likely to get moved than people realize. Yes, I do think he's going to get moved. I think this whole thing with Manu and Tony Parker uh, going out there and, and basically trashing him, particularly Tony yeah. Parker saying that, that his injury was 10,000 times worse. I don't think that sits well with Kawhi. Um, as a matter of fact, interestingly enough, the team that I've heard linked to Kawhi that no one seems to be talking about is Philly. Um, and that's because of uh, his relationship with Brett Brown. What? So, and obviously how good they are. Witty was right. <laughs> if I'm Paul George, I go to Philly this offseason, by the way. He's going to the Lakers. That's where he wants to be. Yeah, yes, I, I agree. Yeah. All right, boys, I got to run. George. All right, yeah, I'm going to go too, Evan, guys. Thank you, you so much. Riley, Riley has more rings as, a, as an executive than Maury and Hinky combined. Goodbye. That's great. He's also 40 yeah. years older. <laughs> but no, but, and nobody's arguing that. Nobody's arguing that point, though. I know. I just had to get the last George, word. No, oh, George, wow. George got <laughs> the last word. George, last See you, guys. Thanks Thank you, man. Evan. Always a pleasure. Right, um, hi, Rohan. What the hell? You guys don't have me on with any of the cool guests? You just kind of. I was trying to get them out, but Evan would have shut the hell up, and Leif would have shut the hell up either. No, I'm saying I'm I'm jealous that, you know, it seems like other parts of this pod, there were two guests on at once. You we, guys we, couldn't pair me up with anyone. Moving parts. We <laughs> had two planned, but but he's stuck at heat practice. and he You can't were get supposed out. to be on with Anthony Chang. Oh man, I love Anthony Chang. But uh, Anthony Anthony canceled because he had no guts. So we did. We had a we had a partner for you. We were we had uh, Ethan and Chris on to start, 
then we had uh, Evan and George, and then it was going to be you and Chang, and then Chang, uh, Chang was gutless. Where's Where's Alf? Because he booked me. Alf is his birthday, so he was only here for like thirty minutes and dipped. Oh, good for him. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because Alf is. You know, it's funny. Alf books all the guests, and I'm the host of the show, but everyone thinks it's Alf's show. <laughs> As they should. It sounds like he's doing all the legwork. Alf, it, it is Alf's show. Like it's uh, Brian and I started this, but it's it's Alf's show. Like everyone thinks, and when Alf Alf did local radio in Miami, Ethan Ethan School, and they gave him a chance, uh, his show, and they were like, "Yeah, your your podcast," and I'm like, "Your podcast?" <laughs> so that went on radio. Good for him. And now we're on his network. Now we're on his network. So we've come full circle. Uh, once again, we are on the Five Reasons Podcast Network. You can check that out. Uh, at oh, Five. you guys are on Five Reasons? Yes, today was the announcement hey, show. that's awesome. Congrats. Good we're excited. Guys. Yeah, Ethan reached out to us, and uh, we've been sitting on this for, like, what, two weeks? Yeah. yeah. We were waiting to make the announcement, so uh, we're, we're happy to be on. We're part of the family. So, Congrats. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're excited. We were... So I don't know why we did an hour of tanking talk on a playoff preview, but, you know, uh, back, back to playoff basketball. Back to the stuff that matters here with Rohan and, and Carney. And I can say your last name now. I'm so proud of myself. Good. I'm happy, man. I'm happy for you, Alex. You haven't said a damn word all show. Yo, I've been kind of scared to talk this whole time because I feel like every time I've uttered a word, I've gotten death stares <laughs> from like three different people. Like, you know what? I'm just gonna take a backseat. Dog, you've been trampled by witty Ethan George. Why is Leif? How is he in such a dark room, but there's a light on his face? I don't understand. He's a witness protection. I don't understand the physics behind his. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to emulate my Riley Godfather um, avatar. Avatar. I, I like, <laughs> literally don't understand how it can be so dark in that room. It's yeah, I can perfectly screen. see his face. Yeah, <laughs> they got made but the you're just a floating protect head. from Hassan's boy. I, I illuminate in the dark. What can I say? <laughs> Um, so we've we've broken down a lot of the Heat Sixer matchup. We haven't really talked about. We talked a little bit with George and Evan. How much fun it's gonna be? Just because like these teams legitimately like really hate each other, and well, these are two fan bases that are ready to kill each other. Well, there was a great moment at the end of that last Heat Sixers game that I vividly remember, which was Ben Simmons. You know, instead of just dribbling the clock out, just kind of slammed the ball on the floor and walked off the court. Just kind of placed the ball angrily down and walked off. And that's when I was kind of like, hey, like, I think Dwayne is a little, like, removed. Like, he's like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like all the young guys, there's, like, a genuine, not bad blood, but, like, they're just annoyed. They're really annoyed by the other team. And I'm really excited to see that in the series. I think Spolstra might, like, I think just organizationally you have this juxtaposition of two styles, which is why we talked about Thank You for an hour. But, like, I think maybe organizationally, I imagine I, this would have been good to ask George. Like, I wonder if in the building they're thinking like, man, like that's like they're annoying. Like what they do is so counter us. Right. So I wonder if that kind of bleeds into the front office and the coaching staff. I hope. I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think it's I think, you know, something that I think a lot of people or at least I've talked about a little bit with some colleagues is kind of the Spo Brett Brown matchup. And I've seen people on Twitter being like, this is a great series for Spo. Don't sleep on Brett Brown, man. Another was... person on this show saying don't sleep on Brett Brown. Listen, he was with the Spurs for a long time. Like, he's, he's not – is as Alex smoking? Yes. What was that? <laughs> you have been called out. Alex Got has him. checked out of this pod that he's like, nah. Cut this out this of the is... pod, bro. No. 
I just look at his squadron. There's a puff of smoke <laughs> in the a, air. There's like a little, like a little tail of of smoke. Yes. That's what you get. You're at work. Smoke. You're at work, oh, Alex. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I just think, don't don't sleep on Brett Brown, man. I think, uh, you know, he's he's not afraid of smoke. Is the way I would describe it. He was very Which, like reverent uh, in his quotes today. He was like, "No, there's season like you know the cliche blah 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 stuff." But like he was very yeah. reverent of Miami and the coaching staff and everything. So, uh, you guys, gonna... you guys think we're gonna see some Dwayne Wade moments in the first round? I don't think it's a good some... series. Like I don't think like it'll be a good series for him. Like he struggles with length, and I think that he's gonna see a lot of really like long players defending him. Yeah, but he closed them out the other night. Yeah, but like. That was a lot of garbo nonsense, you know. What I what I really want to see is when the competition tightens, and we saw them go on a huge run against Philly. Will Spo go to the J or the Justice J Rich Wayne Bam Kelly lineup because that's been their best lineup all season. It doesn't have any of the guys we expected to be in there, right? Three no one expected, You know, no one expected Olenek to be in their best lineup. Where's James Johnson? Where's Goran? Where's TJ? None of those guys are in it. That's by far, by far their best lineup, their best high-usage lineup. Is he going – like, I think Spo is – if there's a criticism of him, and thank God Harry is not here, Spo is a, <laughs> is a, Spo is a prideful man. He's a, a trust – like, a, a guy who has loyalty. You know, I think he – Spo, when he says he'll go down with the Dwayne Wade chip, he means it. That's not just talk. He'll go down with Dwayne Wade. As a fan, I love it. You know, I'm I, we're spoiled. We've seen so many championships that I'm happy to go down with Dwayne Wade, you know. But from a pure coaching perspective, that lineup has to play more. And I'm curious if Spo will let them close games because they, they almost had completed the comeback in Philly. I, I know, love it. I'm so here for that lineup. I love that lineup. It's the best one they had. It's it's great. Like, it makes so much sense. Just as so, a point guard. It's so counter to what the NBA is now. You're playing, like, essentially three bigs. Well, it's in a way it's it's counter, but in a way it's almost kind of stealing what Philadelphia does, right? Where you have Simmons on the ball. That's how you use justice. That's how you kind of neutralize how people want to defend him. You know, Bam is kind of like the the what you want in a non-shooter big man right now, right? He can cover the point guards. He can switch onto anyone. It is interesting how conservative they've been with Bam lately. You saw him in the Toronto game dropping on a lot of pick and rolls. I wonder if that'll change in the playoffs. But in ways, it's three bigs. In other ways, it's like hey, we're just throwing out our best five, and they've made it work, and the offense has been there, the shooting has been there. I think they need to play more. So I have numbers on that lineup. So uh, they've played 139 minutes. They have an offensive rating of 109, a defensive rating of 90.5. They're plus 18.4. Yes, so sir. This is, and this is something that was troubling to me because I'm obsessed with this lineup, and I'm looking up stats on it all the time. Until last night, until that Raptors game. It's their second most used lineup, by the way. It is, but something that was troubling to me. I mean, the problem with the Heat is that they have no high usage lineups. I mean, their third most used lineup, I think, has Dion Waiters in it, which is crazy. Yes, you're. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. Goran, J. Rich, yeah. D. Waiters, Hassan, Justice Winslow. Yeah, so wow. I mean, you, their lineups have been crazy all year. But until last night, that the lineup we're talking about played only 21 minutes together since Dwayne has come back. So the troubling thing to me is I think Dwayne's return has stifled that lineup. Suppose using a lot of lineups where Dwayne is in instead of Bam or Dwayne is in instead of Kelly. Uh, and I love Dwayne. You know, I think I stopped caring about the on-off numbers the moment he visited Stoneman Douglas. But 
if I'm being objective, he's he's kind of hamstrung those lineups a little bit. Isn't he so minus? I want to see. Aren't they 14 points worse when he's on the court? I, I don't think that it's it's that severe. Cunningham uh, gave I, it to I, us to start the show. Um, uh, I haven't looked at it recently, but yeah, it he's had a couple bad games. Yeah, Miami's the most Knicks game used... didn't help. And I might as well plug this. So uh, our Christian Hernandez finally wrote something. It's been a while, um, and he he did a lineup piece on the Heat. It's on HeatBeatMiami.com. Playoff primer, check that out right before the playoffs start. Lots of good stuff. Uh, in the story, the most used lineup for the Heat is Goran, J- JJ, Tyler, J. Rich, Hassan. They have they're, a negative net rating. They're negative. They're minus 1.6, and it's played almost 100 more minutes than the next used lineup, which was the Bam, Wayne, Olenek, it's, it's It's been better since uh, the trade deadline or the All-Star break. It's been a little bit better later in the season. It was terrible to start the season. Uh, but they've they've come out a little bit better lately. So, yeah, I, I think Spo almost is too much at his disposal right now. I think he's struggled, you know, finding which combinations work. And it's tough because as a coach, I think you're looking at some of these lineups and you think if I give them enough minutes, they'll come around. He just hasn't had that luxury, whether it's injuries or whatever. So I'm really curious to see how he kind of matches up with Philly. And Rohan, like, I really like that lineup too because, like, I know usually Wayne is Wayne and Kelly are the weak links on defense, but I really think that, like, you can probably hide one of them on Robert Covington and another one on Saric. Like, maybe yeah. Kelly on Saric and then Wayne on, on Covington. And then you have Bam, J. Rich, and Winslow kind of, like, switching pick and rolls, which they'll be very comfortable doing. When, when you have those three guys on defense at the same time, it's going to be hard not to have a great defense. Almost doesn't matter, really matter who else is on the court. Well, I'm just saying, like, just because of the construction of how Philly yeah. plays, like, you can hide, like, the two weak links, you can hide For them. Sure. They'll be stapled to a corner. Yeah. And, like, Covington's not going to, like, kill you off the dribble. And if he does, there'll be enough yeah. time for someone to help. And so yeah. I actually really like that, that lineup for this series. Um, I don't know how it'll do against Embiid, but, you know. I mean, Bam has played well against Embiid. He can but, he crowds him really well. I, I just like I think like in high usage, low post situations, like that's where. But again, they're gonna have to get it to him in the low post, and there's gonna be a lot yeah. of active hands for those entries. Bam, Bam doesn't go for those pump fakes, and that's huge. Um, yeah. I, I can I talk know. to you guys real quick about the real reason why I'm on tonight? Okay, go. Um, I'm here to confront Leif. Okay, um, I'm here and for I think, this. I think he knows why. Listen. It's coming. Randy, it's coming in the okay. mail. I promise just, you. I, I, I understand this is, this is shameless on my part. I just love to cook so much. Just don't <laughs> say the brand just don't say the brand name, okay? I won't. I won't. Just you know, when certain things are floated out there, I get excited. And now I've gotten so I, excited. I'll put it in the mail tomorrow from the office. <laughs> there's a gift for Rohan that Liam has to Done send. deal. Done deal. You know, just send the contraband over. Send the package <laughs> over. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know. Oh, my God. I'm glad. I'll they... pay for... Listen, Man... I'll pay for shipping if I have to. Mending right? fence. Uh, no need. No need. <laughs> it, it's on the way. It's on the way. I have been dragging my feet, admittedly it's, so. Listen, it's you coming. You are a busy man. You're a father. I understand that you have things going on. So I'm not in a position to complain about it. I'm just I'm just re-entering it back into orbit. That's all uh, I'm doing. It, I love it was the Rohan good, did it, this. It was a smart play by you, and, it, and now you're going to get something in the mail. <laughs> <I appreciate it. laughs> a little extra Jesus. from Heapbeat. Label is from Heapbeat. Coming on our pod so much. <laughs> Dude, I love this pod. I, I was hoping you guys would like surprise me with Wes and David. It was supposed to be Anthony Chang, and he... Listen, we had Anthony... No, 
Rohan, next time you come on, we're gonna get we're gonna book someone really fun for you. <laughs> I promise. We're gonna get you someone amazing. And if we have to use the Five Reasons Network podcast to get the best guests we can, we will get it. Listen, I'd love to come on with Ethan. I once got dinner with Ethan when I was a Washington Post intern. It was me, him, and Joseph Goodman before a Heat Wizards game in DC. That was one of the highlights of my of my college I writing career. I miss Joe Goodman on the beat so much. Like yeah, Joe Goodman. Joe had a good. Uh, Joe was good on the beat because you could tell he didn't love it. You know. You can tell Joe is a little annoyed by all the circus, and I think that made him great on the beat. But that's kind of like how Jason Leisure is with the Dolphins, and I know this yes, is like certainly. it's just like this palpable annoyance that's really funny. And Joe's a funny guy, so like it works great. I have a good uh, Joseph Goodman story. If, if you guys want to hear, I want. I, know this is... I want stories. We're here for stories, Ryan. So, you know our show. I... We're here for stories. When I was a Miami Herald intern, I got one of my first assignments was to cover the heat parade and I got to write a story for the commemorative. Now this was a huge deal because the commemorative, they sell out of ads and you open it up. The first story is by Levitard. Then it's Cody, you know, Manny Navarre, everyone was in it. And I remember I, like my first day at the Herald, I walked into the heat media room and the entire staff was there. And I literally was like, this is like meeting the Avengers. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I see Cody, they're making fun of Barry Jackson. Who's there. And you know, I, I Goodman's there. So I'm like, this is awesome. So, I got everyone who was in the commemorative to sign that copy for me. I, you know, Cody brought me down to the radio show. I made Lebertard sign it. You know, everyone had signed it. So I had a couple weeks left on my internship. And, you know, this was the third straight finals run in a row. Goodman's burnt out. No one's heard from him in like a month. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he just disappears after the season. And I'm in the office one day. And I'm telling George Rojas, who's then the sports editor, I said, George, yeah, man, like, I got everyone to sign it. I just need Joseph Goodman. And he's like, really? And he calls him, and he's on the phone. He's like, hey, Joe, how's it going? Like, you know, like, just checking in, whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, Rohan, the intern, uh, says you need to sign this thing for him. Uh, you're meeting him for lunch tomorrow. And I was like, oh, no. And uh, oh my God. so I, I meet Joseph Goodman for lunch. Like, I think it was near, like, the Boomers in, in Danny Beach, one of the roller coaster. <laughs> Like somewhere near there. And it's clear this man has like has not been like going to the outside world a lot. (laughs) Like scrubby beard, you know. Since his third straight he was wearing like a tie-dye shirt and flip flops. Oh my god. And uh he's like, All right, man, like what you need? And I was like, uh like everyone signed my commemorative. (laughs) (laughs) And uh oh man, yeah, he was like I don't think he was extremely amused. I remember I ordered something weird for lunch, too. That was a mistake. Like, I ordered an appetizer as my entree. And he was like, that's all you're eating? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Oh, oh, God. It was so I'm an intern. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. If, uh, well, if we're telling, you know, awkward stories, I um I hate meeting people. Like, and so, you know, because we – and, by the way, for I guess we'll put you behind the scenes. You know, we, we also did a, a segment with Mike Ryan that we're going to play later. It was taped. I was not a part of it, um, but we never got a chance oh, that's to – Oh, Yeah, we never got a chance. To, I wanted – what I wanted to do is, like, kind of, like, in the middle of changing guests, kind of say, okay, now we're bringing in Mike Ryan, but, you know, everybody's overlapped, so we're just going to put it at the end. But I hate I hate meeting people. And there's a story in that Mike Ryan part of me refusing to go up to say hi to Mike, even though Mike's been on the show and, you know, Mike, we're mutuals on Twitter whatever. So I went to uh, – I used to frequent the World of Beer Midtown, and I was waiting for a friend of mine 
because we were going to watch the play. We always used to, like, the first Saturday of the playoffs, we'd sit at the bar, and we'd just watch all the games and drink beer all day. My friend was late, and Dan was having an event outside. And I've listened to Dan every single day since, like, 2009. So, like, Dan and Dan's the reason why I started doing sports media and all that. So, like, Dan's a huge part of my life. But I hate meeting famous people because I never know what to say other than, like, I really like your work. Like, you're great. Like, it's just – it's always an uncomfortable interaction. So I'm sitting at the bar. My friend's late. I, they're all outside. And I'm, like – they're, like, literally right across the street doing, like, an art event. And I'm, like, I might as well go, right, to say hi. So it, I'm just there, right? I walk outside. I'm by myself. I'm standing behind, like, these three guys that are talking to Dan. And I was, like, I don't want to do this. And then, like, Stugatz comes. And then, like, you know, he – and how they tell the stories, it's exactly it. He's in chancletas. He's in shorts. He's in a shirt that's a little too tight. He's, like, eating, like, with his bare knuckles. And he waddles over. He introduces himself. He starts talking to me. I'm, like, this is so awkward. And then he then he just like puts me on mic because he wants to go away. So I'm talking to Mike awkwardly, and then he's like, "Oh, here, Dan. Here's Giancarlo." And he's like, "Hi." And I'm like, "Hi." And I'm like, "I really like you, like your work." And he's like, kind of like looking at his feet, like, "Okay." And I'm thinking, I want to leave so bad. Oh, then, that's awful. Then Bomani came to get him, and I'm like, "Thank God, I, I need to go back to that bar." It was like the worst fucking experience of my life. I hate meeting people. I had the same experience as Stu Gatz gave me chicken wings and five balls here. <laughs> yeah, so, like, Brian had the best experience ever, and I'm there. Dan's looking at his feet. He's sweating. I'm sweating. I don't want to be there. I just want to go back to the bar. It was fucking terrible. I hated it. And I'll never talk to famous people in public again. Um, I have a story with this as well. It's not as big, not as awkward as yours, but... Oh, uh, Alex is on the back. Don't smoke You should have introduced me as the second guest with Rohan, because that... <laughs> <laughs> would have been the same thing i did not speak for like an hour all right so a few months back i picked up mike ryan as a lift driver <laughs> I'm pretty sure i was wearing the same heat bt and it was like two in the morning it was uh from winwood and he did not seem like he was up for anybody's shit and i'm like i was literally just listening to the podcast like right before i had picked him up i was just listening to it so it kind of tripped me out a little bit but <laughs> I tried introducing myself in the most, like, subtle way. Like, I, it was a introduction. I was just like, oh, that's crazy. I was just listening to you guys. Like, that's basically what I said. And I'm like, in my head after that, I, I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. You're I should right. just stay quiet <laughs> the whole ride. You're right. That story was terrible. Rohan's laughing politely. <laughs> I just, you know, I thought there was going to be a little bit more of a payoff. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, nothing. Like, <clears throat> like yeah. Yeah, I dropped him off at some, one of those shady motels. No, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, oh, that would have been a good story. You should have made yeah, it up. Yeah, that would have been a good story. Yeah. Hey, man. Well, I picked up Sean Livingston's groceries. Oh, yeah. So I was also – I also did Postmates for a while. I, I'm pretty sure I gave uh, Sean Livingston and his girl, like, some vegan food or something. They did not tip. I did not see Sean Livingston's face, but I saw him in the background. And, man, those guys are not – they're not friendly. They, why? Because they didn't tip? They just did. They seem like they look at me and they're just exhausted. It's like, God, it's like I'm bothering them. Is that like a thing with NBA players, like notably being bad tippers? Because isn't like LeBron, like famously a bad tipper? I don't think so. I don't Am know I being about reckless? I, I think I've I've heard that before. No. I haven't. I killed the show. I'm so sorry. Back to playoff talk. Wait, wait I want to ask Rohan a question now. Go. Hit me. Ro- Rohan, I seen your video on Sports Illustrated where you got like a new wardrobe with Anthony Davis. Can you please talk okay. about this? 
Um, yeah, that was cool. Like Anthony Davis did a fashion line with Saks. Um, and like we were in contact with these people. They're like, what's well, a fun thing we can do? And I was like, we have a sax store in our office building in New York City. So I was like, hey, like, let's just like walk around this sax thing. Like he can show me his collection. Something that didn't make the video that I thought was really funny. This was when Drew Holiday was injured because we did this last season. So they had set up like a Papa shot thing in the middle of the store. So I was like, hey, like, uh, you know, AD, if I make this shot, I get to run point for a night on the Papa shot. And he's like, okay, all right, let's do it. Like, he was into it. Like, he was doing a good job during the video. Um, so here's the thing. I have a, like, debilitating shoulder condition. Like, I can't <laughs> lift my arms above my head. When I go on a flight, like, putting something in the overhead compartment is a terrifying process for me, okay? Like, I just cannot use my shoulders. I was at, on the I was on the court at the Pepsi Center in November, and someone was tossing me a ball. They were like, take some shots on this NBA hoop. And I was like, I physically cannot. And it was the saddest moment of my life. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I had all this bravado, but I was like, yeah, AD, like, I'm going to run point for a night. Let me hit this shot. So he's like, all right, go for it. And I shoot it, and it just, like, it's like a line drive off the front of the rim. And he's like, he's like, was that an air ball? And I was like, come on. Then I have to be like, no, it hit the rim. Like I'm defending myself. <laughs> um, he was really cool. I was like, I was joking around with him. I was like, hey, man, like, you know, if I was going on a date, like what clothes in here should I wear from your collection? He was a good sport. That was a lot of fun. He was really cool. So let me get this straight. So if you were to actually run point, you would not be able to shoot. I'd be like a, I'd like the Andre you'd, Roberson. No, you'd be like well, Ben Simmons. No, I wouldn't say you know because I can't I can't do any of the cool shit he does either. It would have, it would be pure Roberson. It would be, it would be layups and layups and defense. Scoop scoop layups. Yeah. Oh my god. What um kind of shifting back into playoff talk because uh, we're we're running out of time and I do we I do want to talk basketball with you. Um, what what in the series like? Because we've talked, like I think most of the show, we've talked about the defense. What do you think Miami can do offensively? Because like Philly's a Philly's a top top five defense, and like my concern with them has been if they're not shooting well, it looks bad. And their like favorite little play, as Evan wanted to call the what is it, the basketball read option? What did Evan want to call it? Do you guys remember? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good description. The run pass option. The, yeah, whatever yeah. that option. that little Ellington um, Olenek pin down to dribble handoff kind of tape thing like Miami doesn't have a lot of pet plays that like it can really rely on and I think that's going to hurt them in the playoffs like a lot of it now is just like Dwayne go do nonsense or like yeah. Justice go like now they're depending on Justice like Justice off the dribble like we got a lot of that last night or not last night here's too. here's something I'm going to say that's going to terrify everyone right but if depending on how much time Embiid misses it looks like at least one game Hassan has to dominate if he if he's going you know against Amir Johnson, <laughs> yeah, I know he won't. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I just say like, if there were anything to wake him up, you know, he's got to dominate a matchup against someone like Amir Johnson, someone like Ersan Ilyasova. He in those minutes has to be in fact where he has to be rolling hard to the rim. I thought he did that in the Thunder game. Granted, he he gets up for guys like Steven Adams and I stuff think, like that. I think he's played well since the temper tantrum thing. Yeah, but that always happens and it never lasts. Like, no, of we, course, we, yeah. But now, like, yes. now we have it in the playoffs. Now we've like exactly. bled into. So now you know. Yeah. So I, I think he has. To, I think that is somewhere where they can get offense. I don't know if it's something they can quote unquote install right now, but 
they need to remind Bam every now and then, make the pass off the short roll. And I think he has in his game, he's a willing passer. It's just reps, right? He just needs those reps. But if they can somehow instill that in him, that would help their offense a lot. That would give them a new wrinkle to an extent. So I'm with you. I don't think they have a ton of pet plays. It's going to be a lot of Olenek. It's going to be a lot of Wayne. Uh, but those are some things that they can maybe hope to get offense from. But I don't know, man. I don't know if that bodes well for them. Like, and we've like, I know Alf was talking a lot of bravado earlier, but like, that's like where I'm concerned. Because defensively, I think that like they should be fine. Like, I don't think Philly can really go off on them. I think they have the tools to defend them, but like offensively, like I don't know where the hell. Like, if Dwayne has an off night, and if like they're not like, I don't know what they're gonna do. I think it's going to be a, a grinded out, keep it close, try to win with defense kind of series for both teams. I don't think that favor that favors Miami. That does favor Miami. It does unless Embiid is playing because I think something about Embiid that's going to be great in the playoffs is his post game and Hassan is is not a great post defender. I don't think Bam can only do so much with Embiid's size and strength. If Philly is slows it down as much as we kind of expect. It maybe gives the Heat a better chance, but Embiid's post game will be good in the playoffs. I mean, I want to kind of see Embiid defend. You know, like if Miami, like when my, because they are going to go small. When Miami goes small, what he's going to do with Olenek out there? Like, yeah, I, I be- know he's a good defender, but that's like those little those the Kelly keepers, all that, like keeping him moving, and like Miami has a lot of motion in the offense. So, and he's a big guy. Like who's not like the fastest guy in the world because like people that size aren't that fast. So you throw him on Sarge. <laughs> Do what? Throw him on Sarge. Well, Linux? Yeah, throw him. white guy on white guy. But then what are they gonna do with Embiid? I trampled. Is now you're referring to no like I'm saying that when you have so, Bam in it. No, I'm saying that when you when Miami goes small with. Olenek at the five, as Olenek as the only big, what do you do with Embiid? Like Embiid is gonna have to guard Olenek. Or Justice. Right. Alex, Alex might be trying to log off, my brother. <laughs> Yo, well, honestly, how, I wouldn't much, be surprised. How much did you smoke? <laughs> you know, uh, the six... Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, w- I would not be surprised if Spo threw out the whole JJ thing and, like, we see JJ trying to guard a beat, like, the, trying to keep him off the post. Yeah, uh, yeah. Trying to keep him off the block for, like... They're going to front, they're gonna front a lot. They're going to front like can hell. I, they love that. Can I say something about JJ real quick? Yes. I, as much as he struggled this year, I think he was my favorite player to watch from beginning to end. And listen, again, this is coming from a place of we've seen the Heat win a couple championships. I don't know if they had a player on the roster who cared as much every night Udonis. as JJ. <laughs> Udonis. But JJ was – like he leaves it out on the court every night. And, yes, it sucks when he has the turnovers and he's not hitting the shots, but – like, isn't that what you want to watch? A guy who you feel like he cares as much as we do? Like, I just, I loved watching him play this year. And I know people are like, the contract and all this and, you know, the shooting. Man, he really, really left it on the court every night. Like, you can, like, imagine if Hassan had half the passion of someone like JJ. JJ, every time there's a made basket, it offends James Johnson, you know? And that that's what I want to see. And so I, I just want to say, man, whatever happens from this playoffs, I hope people kind of take it easy on him because he's one of the few guys who really gives a shit on every possession. And that's why he has a longer leash than Hassan does for anybody yeah, exactly. who's asked that question to me a million yeah, times on he, Twitter. 
But every time people are like, well, why are you playing Goran and JJ in the fourth when they're struggling? Because they, they care. They give it their all. I mean, with Hassan, it's never a question of talent. It's like, is he going to try on this possession? Whereas like, these JJ, you know, I mean, that Hornets game, right? Like, I turned it off. It was 45 seconds. If they're down by five, I was like, it's done. But, J, you know, JJ was like, no, we got this. You know, I, I think it's obvious why he plays in the fourth. Hey, do you guys think Hassan ties his own shoes? Come on, mate. <laughs> I love Hassan, man. Like, this Hassan, like, slander. I love Hassan. I think Hassan's awesome. So, I, I like, I get, like, sad when people slander him. Like, I know he kind of deserves it sometimes, but. That was is, mean. Like, that was mean. I take it back. That was so Straight mean. Straight rich tying issues. I, I think Hassan is, like, is doing a. He, I don't think he's actually fun. Like, I think he's, he's trying a little bit too hard. Like, Embiid is naturally funny. Like Embiid is clever. I think I think Embiid is overrated funny. I think we just don't expect athletes to be funny, so therefore when they're a little funny, like Dude, but what he's doing with like simply like Instagram locations is hysterical. I like, think Dwayne well Wade played. I think I actually think Dwayne Wade is fun like have you seen like when Dwayne Wade is like messing with his boys on social media? That's funny. Like I was it when Jimmy Butler like was her at D Wade's like in his mentions making fun of his body. Like I don't know. This man. one hurts me to say. I don't think Dwayne Wade's that funny. <laughs> I know, I know. And if Dwayne, you're listening, I'm sorry. We're still gonna put you in our fashionable fifty issue. We're working on that. <laughs> um, uh, you know, hopefully we wow. get that interview, that photo shoot done. But hottest take I, on this show. We've done I'm two saying, and a half hours, and that's the hottest take. I'm not saying he's not funny. I'm just saying he's not hilarious. I think he's hilarious. Wow. Do you think Dwayne comes back next year? I, I, think, think so. I, think, I think I think no. Here's something that someone floated out, a colleague of mine floated out that is interesting and something we should maybe consider. What if a Chinese team offered him like twenty million dollars? He wouldn't do it. He's a huge in China. They have know. like wait, they have leaning stores full of his stuff in China. The only reason I 20, don't think he twenty did, million. I think if his career ended, like let's say he retired after after the Bulls after that first Bull season, I think he would have. But I do think that, I do think that 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 year in that whatever half year he had in Cleveland, and I think he and again I don't know him. I'm just this is all conjecture, obviously. But I think it feels like he kind of learned the value of sometimes money is not that important, and I think he's in a place. I think he's truly in a place where he looks really happy. Like, he is overtly, publicly really happy in a way that I don't see most people in the I – don't, I, don't, I don't know anybody in the league who's being as overtly happy. Like, D-Wade is sitting – like, he's lying down, like, in the sun, like, taking videos of him singing with a boombox by himself. Like, he is, like, really, like, glowing. So, I think he's in a place where he wants to be a father – where he wants to be with his kids. He just posted a video the other day of his son driving a car. I think he wants to be present for that. I don't think he wants to displace his kids again and his family again. So that's the only Andy, reason I'd say no. And he wants to be back for when LeBron returns this that's summer. True. That's true. God says, mending fences. Phase phase eight. What phase are we on now? I don't know, man. It's like it's like phase <laughs> twelve. It's like we're, we're You know there. what joke I miss? You know what joke I really miss? Was remember that first year LeBron was back in Cleveland and they were like twenty two and twenty two and we were retiring jerseys every night, <laughs> like we were retiring Gordon Hayward's jersey because like the Jets, like that was a fun bit. That was a fun bit. 
I that was, was good heat Twitter right then. Man. We were just retiring jerseys, the different photoshops of the banners. Who made <laughs> the photoshop of the banner that's the Warriors year where it was like, kept it close with Golden State twice? <laughs> that was a great one. I, I, let's bring back the banners this year. We should. Guys. That's a good point, man. Yeah. I, like I and like we're we're out of time, but like I, man, we, there's a whole show on just Heat Twitter in this. Heat tweet. We need to do just a Heat Twitter retrospective one of these days. We got to do that. We got to do that. Absolutely, Ren Rohan, you're gonna be on for that because that's gonna be a lot. I'm of fun. looking forward to it. I can't wait. And we Rohan, would certainly, we would certainly learn the game. We would. <laughs> Maybe that'll be your special guest, Rohan. Who knows? <laughs> that'll be like hold on wait a second if we get spoon which is only funny to like 10 people it would be like the biggest get for us and like nobody else would give a fuck and that's the that's the beauty of it but like wh- like the people who know that is appointment listen yeah yes like, <laughs> like appointment but like for the grand majority of the audience it's like who why do you guys have a guy named spoon on and what what do i need to learn yeah. The game. The game. The, yeah, the game. The game. <laughs> Rohan, thank you so much. Thank you to all our guests today, from Chris Whittingham to Ethan Skolnick to Evan Cohen to George Sedano to um to Anthony Chang, who has no guts and didn't come today, and to Mike Ryan, who now I'm going to hastily insert at the end of this show because I had no chance to feather that in. I'm, I'm looking forward to that tracking number tomorrow. <laughs> yes, sir. Check your DMs. It's coming to you. For sure. Ladies and gentlemen and others, that has been your Megapod playoff preview. Two and a half hours of content. Who says we can't do this? No breaks. No nothing. We have the guts. Heat Sixers on Saturday. Everyone, thank you for listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Five Reasons Podcast Network Heat Beat. On the latest edition of the Five Regions Podcast, it's NBA playoff time. Ethan and I break down the first-round series between the Heat and the Sixers and the return of cocky Heat fan. I put up a poll, Chris. I put up four different options, okay? Heat in six or seven, Heat in four or five, Sixers in six or seven, or Sixers in four or five. Take a guess right now, Chris, at uh, where people have this. Just just Heat or Sixers. You don't have to break down the six or seven, five or uh, four or five in terms of games. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, Heat fans understanding that Philadelphia is this rampant team over the final stretch of the season. They've got two superstar players that are rounding into form, even if Embiid is coming off an injury. I'm going to go ahead and say, even understanding that there's an optimism amongst being a fan, I'd say maybe a 50-50 split. Right now it's 69% (laughs) for the Heat. Subscribe to the 5 Reasons Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sixers in five. All right, our next guest is Mike Ryan from the Levitard Show. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how's it going, guys? We're extremely excited to have you on. You are the spirit animal of uh, the Heat fan. Uh, it's been a lot of fun listening to you uh, coming up to these playoffs. Um, somehow, you have gotten me excited about every possible matchup. There could have been at one time or the other. You justified all of them. Um, but I really did feel like this and Cleveland were your uh, primary matchups that you wanted to see, the ones that really got you the most juiced, the most excited. Um, I agreed with you. I didn't really want to face Boston. Um, part of my reason was I didn't want to lose to Boston without Kyrie because that would have sucked. Um, and I feel, I feel like these are the series that are going to get 
I think to get the most excitement out of us. And I think um, this could be a budding rivalry and I think it's going to be awesome. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think the exact same way. Um, obviously, because I believe you just borrowed my take there. So yes, it's like sort of inception agreeing with myself. <laughs> uh, look, as, a, as an NBA fan, I think you could objectively look at this series and say it's the most compelling playoff series, unless Kawhi surprises everyone and decides to come back uh, as an ultimate like heel move. What if? Uh, I, I think this is the most compelling playoff series, um, and you don't have to look much further or look for storylines really other than, I know there's the Hassan Embiid stuff, but just look at their games this season. I think it was sort of on that level of where Wizard Celtics started getting, where NBA observers would want to watch those games because of the intensity. Yeah, it's not like playoff intensity every time. Yeah, I think it goes beyond the the Whiteside Embiid thing. Um, The games were chippy. It it appears these two teams don't like each other. Um, I know it's a cliche, but you saw those games. They were super intense, and they were super fun, and they had crazy runs in them. Um, And it lends itself to quite the exciting series, I believe. And then you also have the Simmons and Dragic thing, where Simmons feels he deserved to be an all-star. There's that going on. I just think there's a lot there. But you touched on it. Like, really, to me, the biggest thing uh, about this series, and it's going to mean a lot for the Heat going forward, is Hassan versus Embiid, right? Because – we're always talking about Hassan being motivated. I think you're just as hard on Hassan maybe as, as we are. We, we, we've kind of gotten its uh, rap for being uh, hard on him, but I, I think it's well-deserved. And this is the matchup that's supposed to get him juiced, right? This, this is the matchup that's supposed to get him the most absolutely motivated Hassan that, we can, that, that we've seen. So if this doesn't do it, what will? Yeah, it might get him too juiced. <laughs> he's gonna do. There's going to be at least two games this series where he's going to do the knucklehead thing, get in early foul trouble, uh, lose it. Embiid obviously gets in his head. Um, so I, I'm. This is going to be one of those series where um, Hassan can change a lot of people's minds, um, depending on how he reacts and how he performs against a guy that uh, every single person who follows the NBA would say is better than him, except for Hassan Whiteside. He's the only one. Um, so it's a huge opportunity for him. I, I don't know if he has the maturity um, to, to step up to the challenge. But uh, these are young guys. They, they're feeling themselves a little bit. They went from losing a bunch to all of a sudden, I mean, beyond, it's beyond peaking at the right time. 16 in a row without Embiid, who's considered their best player uh, for much of that streak, is incredibly impressive. But it's not the playoffs. It's just different. They and if you look, before. and I believe, and if you look at that that streak, they only beat three playoff teams in that whole streak. Miami beat four yeah, playoff so. teams um, in the same I, time period. Uh, as much Whiteside and Beats going to grab the headlines, and rightfully so, I, I think just because that's where the drama is. But I honestly think this series might be more about Josh Richardson um, and how Spolstra throws him at. Uh, of Ben Simmons and how Justice Winslow, who's starting to take steps up, and he's another guy, he's right up there with Hassan in terms of how hard people have been on him. I, I, I think we can all agree that he's taken a little bit of a step. Um, some would argue uh, a big step 
with the return of Dwayne Wade. I'm not sure if Wade's return had anything to do with it, but there might be a correlation there. He's slashing. His touch around the rim is still kind of crap, but it's not <laughs> crappy. Um, he was doing good things, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see these good, agile defenders being thrown at a player like Ben Simmons, who's in that you know futuristic NBA LeBron mold. Well, I, I also like the fact that um, Spo has done some good things uh, guarding Simmons. Um, I mean, because the guy can't shoot. So this is the kind of series that Spo is sometimes built for where he can game plan somebody just completely out of it. And like you're saying with Josh Richardson and you got Justice Winslow, you got you have guys that can stay with Simmons at least, you know, decently. And if you have those guys roaming almost like free safeties um, because they don't have to guard him at the three point line. Uh, I mean, this could be a tough series for the, for the for the Sixers. And I always do like it when Spoke can focus on one or two players. And then there's going to be so much random scrub heat killer shit against the Celtics. Um, I just and these guys weren't scrubs, but it was just going to be so random. I just I felt like it was a bad matchup. I think this one's a really good matchup, especially for somebody like Spoke. Yeah, this is a team that, I mean, everyone's got to fear LeBron, including Dario Saric, but this is, outside of <laughs> Cleveland, this is the team that everybody feared, and, and if you're not picking Cleveland, you're picking Philadelphia. So why not get it out of the way in the first round? What do you want to do? Limp into the second round just to feel good and say, okay, we beat up a, a, a Boston team. I'm not really sure how much, what what the benefit of playing Boston, other than if you just want to be a guy that just points to the, the results and says, look, we made it to the second round. It's kind of a fraudulent second round, right? And as you mentioned, the pitfalls and losing to a team like Boston, that'd be kind of not catastrophic, but it would kind of temp, uh, temper any sort of excitement about what this nucleus is and how much we invest in culture. And then the Celtics just get that culture stuff, right? Then they become culture. They become the... Uh, the front office that impresses all the free agents. Stupid Brad Stevens. Yeah, you, you you lose some prestige if you lose that series. You save face here if you lose to a team that's behind Cleveland, the favorite in that conference, a team that everybody's eyeing as uh, the next possible uh, dynasty in that conference, depending on where LeBron goes. So I'm excited about it. You get them while they're young. I think young teams have to suffer, and I think they are going to suffer. I think the Heat actually win this series. When we win this series, is this finally going to be the series that Spo gets the recognition he deserves? Because I feel Absolutely. if we if we face the Celtics and we beat the Celtics, then it, it, the excuse machine would be cranked up. I mean, rightfully so. They're missing two of the best players. But, but still, I feel like this is the one everyone thinks that the Sixers are there. So if he can pick them apart, like finally, I'm just excited that he might get his due. It, you nailed it. Uh, this is a huge series for Spo because if the Heat win this series and you go look at the rosters and what everybody's impression of them are, um, uh, you're going to struggle to find a reason as to why Miami can beat Philadelphia. People are going to struggle to find those reasons and they're just going to sell upon, well, it has to be Eric Spolstra. And truth be told, that is the, ma- uh, the, the mismatch in this matchup between these two teams. It's a huge coaching mismatch, I believe. And I don't think Philadelphia, Ben Simmons, and B, I don't think those young guys are prepared for whatever Spoh going to throw at them in terms of defensive sets. And also, I think this is a big Drogic series. Yep. 
Mike, I saw the tweet that you posted yesterday, but do you really feel like this series could determine where LeBron goes? Uh, I was kind of joking, and I think a lot of people... <laughs> and, and my favorite part of it was a lot of people took it literally, which is winner gets LeBron. And I had to look at the standings. Wait, doesn't LeBron actually get the winner? What, am I just saying what the playoffs are? <laughs> like, yeah, winners advance, play LeBron. Um, I do think it goes a long way to whatever LeBron's impression is. If Miami beats uh, Philadelphia, not only does it change uh, LeBron's impression of what this team is and what those pieces are, but if Josh Richardson's all of a sudden, if he, I, I, I doubt he'll get all NBA because I don't think the people that vote on it pay attention all that well, even though he deserves it. But say Josh Richardson has an amazing series in terms of stopping guys, um, and all of a sudden Justice Winslow continues to take that uh, uh, the steps in the right direction, all of a sudden you have some assets that um, have raised their value, um, and these are movable pieces that you could potentially staple to guys like Dion Waiters, who no one in their right mind has missed this season, by the way. <laughs> has there been a, a single point since Dwayne Wade came back and you fix the old who's going to take the shot at the end? Has anyone said to themselves, man, I really miss Dion Waiters? I, f- I forget all the time he's still on this team. All the time. It's only when they announce the, injur- the, in- the injured um, the injury list, like they'll be like, oh, um, Derek Jones Jr. and Dion Waiters. I'm like, oh, shit. The unspell of the team. That's fascinating. Um, well, you just said that when the Heat win, and so did Brass. So I'm going to ask the, the hacky radio question. What's your prediction for the series? Uh, I think the Heat take it in six. Um, and I think the series yeah. is going to be phenomenal. Um, I think it's going to be an incredible series. Um, I, I, say the heat, I say the Heat in six because... Man, the game seven. I could very much see it going seven, as anyone could. And you obviously don't like your chances of winning in a road game seven. Um, game although seven I think, in Philly. Ugh. Yeah. I, although I do think it might be different with such a, a young team that's never been there before. We saw how that worked out against Toronto. Um, and that was a team that actually suffered. But uh, the doors got blown off there. And that typically happens on road game sevens. So I don't want any part of the game seven. Um, but uh, very well may go there. If you're saying six, that's an eyelash, basically, between six and seven. Uh, and these two teams are very, very close. I'm really how they match up. I'm really terrified to go back, back there on a game seven after Meek Mill sings the national anthem. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's out of prison pretty soon. Game one, allegedly. Like, you, can't, you can't win after that. You can't follow that. Like, Philly's got it. Whole city's juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be quite the emotional swing. <laughs> um, I, 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 I honestly, guys, I, I honestly started like thinking to myself, I was talking all this crap about uh, Philadelphia and, uh, and how they don't have the culture and how I wanted these losers. And then I was watching that, uh, wizards magic game. I'm like, uh, do I want this? I'm not sure if I want this. Billy looks good. But, uh, I talked myself back into it. I, I honestly believed all that stuff that I was saying. I was just getting a little spooked there because how can you not after watching what Philadelphia did to Cleveland? And I know Cleveland made a run back into it, um, but still, they looked incredibly impressive. But, but did you see what we did to Cleveland? <laughs> yeah. <Very laughs> that, that was part of my coping mechanisms. I was like, whoa, they look good against Cleveland. Wait a second. We looked amazing against Cleveland. <laughs> Dude, we'll talk ourselves into anything, won't we? Like, 
We like I, I, I in my head I found a path to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, cocky Heat fan will talk themselves into anything. I think it's a real realistic possibility um, <laughs> that that the Miami Heat make them uh, their way into the Eastern Conference Finals because they're playing what some would argue is the best team in the East, and if they can beat them in the first round. You're going to talk yourself into them being able to beat anybody in that conference. Well, Mike, you brought it up, and it was last night because we were the Heat were in overtime, and the Magic, um, the Magic were beating the Wizards. So the Heat, well, with the win, we were playing the 76ers. With the loss, we were playing the Celtics. What did were you on Twitter last night, following all the people that wanted us to to blow the game? I was just confused by that sentiment. And then you saw after the game how Wayne Ellington was just like tears of joy about the season he had, the way it ended. Like, why would you want to take that away from the Heat? Go, go. I think going in with a win is much better. Um, uh, here's a, a, a revelation I never got to sort of admit it today. I was at the game uh, yesterday, and it was halftime, and I was trying to follow all the scenarios. The Milwaukee game was sort of decided. I was so confused this week. I must have read over those, uh, those machinations a dozen times, and I still didn't understand what exactly we needed. I, I was like, oh, when the games start, I'll figure it out. And then I was at the game, and I was so conflicted that I said I didn't want to be there anymore. And my wife and I, we left because I couldn't handle actually being at a game that I didn't know what I wanted. And I was like, I, I just want to go <laughs> home. I just want to go home and follow and figure out what I want there. And, um, yeah, like, I was – everybody who was saying everybody was right to say that you should want the seven seed. If you're looking at things, you know, practically the Boston Celtics are a mass unit. They're missing their two best players. Um, I still think that they're going to beat Milwaukee, by the way, that's a feisty team, man. It's a very, very well coached team. Everyone thinks that they're just going to lay down for the bucks. I think that series would have been a war. He'd find themselves in a war. But yeah, when I was watching that game in overtime, how can you not, be happy for Wayne Ellington. Did you see what Spoh said uh, about him uh, after uh, after the game in that press conference? And I, it gave us some insight as to why Wayne Ellington was so emotional about how Wayne Ellington was going full sprints, catch and shoots um, really hard the day before the game to the point that Spoh said this guy's probably going a little bit hard. And <laughs> Wayne Ellington says that. Yeah, and Wayne Ellington immediately got a return on that investment. He's bought in. You have a bunch of guys that have bought in and believe this culture stuff. Whether you believe it to be nonsense or whatever, um, I don't. And I think the players have bought in. And that's a, a dangerous thing when the other team's whole um, motivation and intangible is we've lost for a really long time and now we're just due. Their culture is losing. So. Yeah. Did you get a little emotional at halftime? When uh, Tony was uh, saying his goodbyes, uh, no, I went to the East Plaza. I got, uh, I got a thunder stick. Ooh! I danced with something called I Am Chino, and uh, and then I told my wife, uh, I don't know what to root for. Let's just get out of here. I don't want to be in the game under these circumstances. Mike, do you have do you, a Mike? Do you have a Trust Esposa shirt from us? Because we need one for for the Lubitard show. The Sposess? Yeah, the Trust Sposess yeah, shirt that we have. We need to give yeah, you one. Chris Cody. Chris Co- doesn't Chris Cody wear one of those? And, but but do you have one personally? Because we'll send you I one. Do not, I do not have a Sposess shirt. Do you shirt. want one for free? 
I will always take free t-shirts. <laughs> That's why I went to Fan Appreciation Night, just for the free t-shirt. I'll be I'll be at Cleveland this Saturday. I'll leave it for you with the bad security guard. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even joking. Back to Tony, just, just for a second. Do you feel any... Do you, do you take any responsibility at all for him uh, being sort of, you know, relinquished of his duties? I mean, shoot, everybody asked me that, so I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, just because everyone just asked me that question, so they assume I should. So I guess I had something to do with it, which, I mean, guys, come on, man. <laughs> like, he was... He, he was awful. Tony. Awful. Like, he was Absolutely Tony. awful. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. But he, he was Tony. <laughs> he, he was Tony. He was easy to make fun of, and um, it did become charming, and it sort of it had comedic value. Um, but I was that first generation Heat fan um, that had Doctor Jack. Doctor Jack, yeah. So. My standards for play-by-play guy are literally, in my opinion, the best color analyst. Um, and it kind of felt like this organization was just in sort of placeholder mo- mode and spent 20 years trying to figure out how to replace him and still kind of searching how um, Dr. Jack was the best. And I, it was unfair because I, I just didn't like anybody that came after Dr. Jack, even the czar. It's funny because with with your yeah with with all your skits and everything with with you know kind of poking fun at, at Tony, uh, I I didn't really I didn't necessarily catch all of the sort of mistakes and everything that that he would say until you guys pointed them out. But then what happened is I learned to love them, and now I feel like I'm going to miss Tony more after your analysis of Tony than had <laughs> not done any of that. Yeah, it's yeah, it sort of it sort of turned the crowd a little bit. I'm gonna miss the the comedic value. I don't think Crotty's gonna give me the same uh, the <laughs> no. same sort of laughs. I think Crotty's gonna play things kind of straight. So I'm gonna have to learn how to rewatch some of these games. Um, when LeBron was here, um, you, I really I only got to see Eric and Tony like half the time because the other half the time they were on the national game. So it was one of those things that after he left. I had to notice all the mistakes that Tony would make. That stuff never really popped up during the Big Three era. It was I only started noticing after LeBron left because I was watching these guys more often because I would just always watch the national broadcast. <laughs> how are you not so going to? How are you not Tony gonna, gave no shits this whole season. That was my favorite part. Like Tony oh, gave dude, no shits. How how awkward? <laughs> how awkward was that uh, that sign off yesterday? I have ambivalent <laughs> feelings about it. I'm like, oh God, if it wasn't painfully obvious what happened here he made no bones about it and for that i kind of look man I, I i'm not Quarantino out of there they made their decision <laughs> but I everyone blames me and i felt i felt guilty but it but it was it was really awkward when anytime they were saying goodbye to tony he'd be like uh, you know, I'm just not, but I'm not ready to go. Like any time they'd mention it, he, <laughs> it and, and you're watching, like, yo, this dude's still like, he still loves what he's doing. He still wants to do his job, and they, they, like he, the, la- the the last he night, was like uh, a, he was like the last guy at your house party, yeah. and you're trying to clean up, <laughs> and you're like, well, it's been fun. Uh, we're not drinking anymore. Like, no, Tony. <laughs> like, yeah. 
he, uh. he never took the opportunity to make it easy on them. Um, he, he would always speak his mind. Um, and respect to Tony Fiorentino for doing that. I actually thought it was pretty boss. I have ambivalent feelings about it. That's great. That's a great tag. That's a great sign-off, Tony Fiorentino. I want him to be Uptown Dale's color commentator. Every time they <laughs> cut to him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be cool if he takes the the Ron role, because I think we're all just going to end up missing uh, the Tony Fiorentino accent. And I don't mean that uh, facetiously or literally, because I know he has an accent. I just mean it as a dressing to the, the broadcast, maybe in smaller doses. Three of their last four overall, and three of the last four at home. Sorry to interrupt you, because I'm looking at some stats. <laughs> Better visually, but my favorite Tony moment. Um, well, speaking of the East Plaza that you went to at halftime, we got to ask you a question about our co-founder and our beloved host, Gianni uh, Navas, because we're, we've been planning to do this playoff preview for a while, and he's always like, man, I really want Mike Ryan on. I really want Mike Ryan on. So he's at the game. What, what game was this, Brad? It was the Cleveland game. It was a Cavs game. game. I was there. I, I went with Gianni. And then we met uh, Harry in the plaza, and then we went to the to the bar. And Brass, you were there, so you tell the story. And 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 I want to get Mike's feeling on this, and and see what he thinks. No, we walk. We walk. I forget what is what, what's the name of that bar. Six hundred one or something. Six hundred one. Yeah, and then and I had never been in there before, and it was you know it was the the vibe was totally chill over there. It was cool. And then I was like. Oh shit! That's Mike Ryan said sitting across there. You should, we should, you know, say something. You want to get him on the show again? And he's like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt. Him. I, I don't, I don't want to bother him, which I can respect. But you've been on the pod before, and me and Harry are just like, hey, just, just go. And and then here we are. And like the the next day, John is like, oh man, I really want to get Mike on. I'm like, you had your chance, man. <laughs> so then I, he, had to, uh, he had to get Alf to creep in your DMs. Uh, you know what? I I'm I'm that guy myself though. I I never say hi to anybody. Um even if I like really respect them, I don't. I had this awkward encounter on the flight back from New Orleans cuz I was there for WrestleMania weekend and the big show lives in Miami and he just so happened to be on my flight. Um and he got on there first because he's massive and he should be able to get on there first. And for whatever reason, I had one of those like stupid people that didn't know how to put their bags and the overhead bin causing a, a log jam that would inevitably delay your flight just because someone can't figure out which way to put their suitcase anyways. I was standing next to Big Show for an eternity, just straight <laughs> up in a WWE t-shirt. Very clearly, I would know who he is. I was there for five minutes next to him. It felt like 25 minutes. I didn't say a word to him. I'm the same exact way. I just don't want to bother people, even though I myself, when people come up to me, I'm very flattered by it, um, and, and, and I'm never bothered, ever. But but this, the, my thing was, he had an actual request of you. Like, <laughs> like, he had business to talk to you about. It wasn't like he was just going up fanboying and wanting wanted you to sign his breast. Like, he just, like he wanted to. Well, he wanted that, too. <laughs> well, yeah, he probably did. Um, he, like, he wanted you to come on our podcast. And uh, I just think, I'm like, why couldn't you just go up to the guy and say, hi, hey, I'm Johnny probably, from Miami Heat Beat. You've done our podcast. Can you come on again? 
I would have recognized him, I think, if he introduced himself, because I think I've seen him out at like a World of Beer once before, where he was wearing a Heat Beep t-shirt, and I, I pieced it together. Sounds like him. Uh, he was um, definitely wearing that shirt. It's the only shirt he wears. So, <laughs> so I would have pieced it together. I probably just would have like uh, made it easy for everybody and just said, yeah, DM me. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So we were creeping in your DMs no matter what, yeah. basically. Yeah, and that's what you did. Well, then I, I did the um, retweet if you want Mike Ryan on the podcast thing. Yeah, did that uh, work? Did you see that? Uh, I guess not. Oh, well. <laughs> I saw the DM, though. I know what not to try anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. We really do love you, respect you. Uh, we love your show. Um, you really, you really are a national voice for Heat fans, and I don't know if people tell you how much they appreciate it, but we really, really do, dude. You're like when we say Mike Ryan is our spirit animal, you are cocky Heat fan personified. Um, you, like I said, you've talked me into and justified about every playoff matchup. I have us beating the Warriors in five, I think, because of you. Um, oh, settle, settle down. We're not there yet. I'll get there. No, don't, 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 okay. don't test me. I will get there, but uh, um, one conference at a time. Oh, also, I did want to thank you. Uh, you guys were talking on the local hour about um, how a lot of fans are going to uh, team-specific and regionally-specific podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did say you did bring up Miami Heat Beat as a go-to Heat podcast, man. And we really do appreciate that. Um, I, you know, it's just a little hobby of ours. We work really hard. Um, we announced today that we're joining Ethan Skolnick's Five Reasons uh, podcast network, um, and we're really excited about that. And uh, for guys like you, with the platform you have to give our little podcast a shout out, um, that was a big deal for us, and we really did appreciate that. Ah. Uh, Guys, I mentioned it. I'm a fan of the work that you do, and I'm a consumer of these things. And I don't think that stuff is the future of sports talk. I think it's a present. I think people are vastly underestimating um, the sort of seismic shift that's already occurring. And with each new phone model, is only getting more and more seismic. So I appreciate the work that you do. Thank you for the kind words. And I promise to be absolutely insufferable for the rest of the nation. That's if we're merely about. tied. Midway through game one. Love it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for your time, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Usually, this is the part of the show where we end on a very witty, also very random joke that will abruptly cut off the show, and then with it, the rest of your day continues. Obviously, I had to edit in the Mike Ryan portion of the podcast because I was taking a test at school and I couldn't leave because I care about my grades. And uh, Mike can only record at a certain time, so uh, here we are because uh, we usually do these shows at night when uh, we're not working or at school. So uh, I wanted to give you guys a joke to end on, like in the way that we've – I mean, I, I don't know when we – started the abrupt joke to end the show but we've been doing it for a couple years now i don't know if we've been doing it for as long as we've been doing the show but i know we've been doing it for a while and um so i do want to leave you with uh with an abrupt joke to end the show and the joke is a very simple one it's just tyler johnson's contract